Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon and welcome into Sports Call here on a Monday. I am Brooks Childress, joined today by Mr. Tom Peavy and Mr. Brant Daughtry. Ryan Lavoy out today. He is in Tampa, Florida, getting set for his uh, maybe the final game of the season for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Maybe not, as they take on the Philadelphia Eagles tonight in some NFL playoff action to wrap up a super wild card weekend that has been super weird uh, in terms of cold and games getting moved uh, and the Cowboys just not doing anything. And so we will uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show. Uh, but welcome in, everybody. Uh, celebrating MLK Day. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you out there are off today. Uh, so if if you are off today, thank you for, again, still making us a part of your day, uh, even though you're not driving for home from work or to work. Uh, if you are at work this afternoon, uh, sorry, we feel your pain as well. Uh, but we are here to, uh, to talk you through the rest of your work day. Got a great show coming up for you this afternoon. We'll have a 5 at 5 coming up at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Brought to you by our friends over at Southeastern Land Group. At the bottom of the 5 o'clock hour at 5.30, we'll have a best and worst of the weekend. And then we'll wrap things up this afternoon with our nightly TV guide brought to you by our friends at White Claw Herd Seltzer, as we do each and every show. A uh, lot to talk about this weekend from from over the weekend and from past weekend. Uh, we still look at uh, Auburn football, still looking to make some hires around the, the staff. Still have not officially named an uh, an offensive coordinator uh, position. The last week, late last week, you did make the official hire or uh, the official announcement of Charles Kelly uh, to the staff as co-defensive coordinator. Uh, also, uh, Wesley McGriff uh, returning to the program, or maybe he never left the program. Mystery there uh, around the program, but he is back on the defensive side of the ball and still trying to fill running backs coaching position. And uh, potentially a, uh, a position that was, uh, was vacated by Zach Etheridge as well uh, the late last week. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about how those searches are going, what we're hearing. Uh, get, uh, get your phone calls on those. Auburn basketball, both men's and women's had a big weekend, uh, both defeating LSU. Uh, Tigers, the, the men's basketball team took down LSU Tigers on Saturday inside Neville Arena in front of a sold-out crowd. And then, uh, or had to fight off. LSU that day uh, and then yesterday inside of Neville Arena the largest crowd ever in arena history to witness a women's basketball game saw the Auburn Tigers take down the number seven and defending national champion LSU Lady Tigers and which was a, a great great game uh, if you watched it uh, myself Brant I know was there as well uh, it was such a such a great atmosphere and it was a really really fun time you've also you know like I said got some NFL stuff to talk about so we'll get to all of that as we go through the show and of course 
As I mentioned, your phone calls are always welcomed on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Give us a call at 334-887-341 locally, one 9 tiger 9 to get on that Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Uh, Brant Daughtry, Tom Peavy joining me this afternoon. Tom, how was your weekend? Well, the weekend was great. And, uh, yeah, some really awesome uh, basketball played by both Auburn men and women with their wins against LSU. Uh, so, yeah, that was fun. Keeping an eye on the weather. Uh, yeah, Ryan Lavoie's not here. He's our resident weather guru. But uh, guess what, folks? It's about to get cold. Yeah. Uh, I What I thought, thought was funny is right now, it's like 64, 65 degrees outside. Very comfortable, kind of on the warm side. And three hours north, it's snowing. Wow. I, I mean, talk about a just the drastic difference of... It's like dropping off a cliff. I used, for real. So, uh, but yeah, the cold is on the way. So, uh, everybody, go ahead and take your precautions now for whatever you need to do. Whether you, whether you wrap your pipes or leave your cabinet doors open or leave your faucets dripping, uh, you know, have your vehicles ready. Uh, make sure you don't have pets outside. Uh, stuff like that. I mean, it's supposed to get into the teens. Mm. Uh, come up here what Tuesday? I think. So, yeah, yeah, I think seventeen is the low on yeah, Tuesday. That's that's cold. So. Yeah, everybody go ahead and start preparing for that. Speaking of cold, I'm you know, they had to delay that Buffalo Bills playoff game due to the blizzard up there. I'm watching a video right now. They're playing the game today. Yeah. Since it got delayed in, in 20 minutes. I'm sitting here watching a picture of the uh, Steelers fans entering the stadium trying to get in. They are literally walking through waist-deep snow in the stadium, <laughs> like like where the seating is, so the, your walkway in between the seats. Yeah. It's a family. It's a father and his two kids trailing behind him. He is literally wading through waist-deep snow <laughs> to get to their seats. <laughs> man. That is insane. But, uh, oh yeah, overall, man, a great weekend. A lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, obviously, uh, we broke the news here uh, Wednesday. Was it Wednesday that Saban retired, or was that Tuesday? It was Wednesday. Wednesday. So my last show. Uh, since then, they've hired uh, Caleb DeBoer, and uh, over the weekend, he went in and made his uh, first announcement. So, uh, you know, it's officially official that uh, DeBoer is now going to be the new Bama head coach. So, uh, a lot of people, uh, a lot of excitement, a lot of skepticism, a lot of unknowns there for uh, for the Bama side of things. And then, of course, on the Auburn side, still moves being made. Uh, within the coaching staff, Carnell Williams, Zach Etheridge no longer there. Uh, where are they going to? Where or how are they going to find spots to fill? Um, Hugh Free still got some other spots to fill, and then of course the recruiting thing is still going. So, a lot to talk about, a lot to get into. Brant, how was your weekend, and how are you today? Weekend was great, man. What a weekend it was for Auburn athletics! Uh, incredible. Tom showed me the video. I have seen it a little bit, and it was kind of funny. Buffalo, the the Bills, they said, "Hey, fans!" Like they put out an open call saying, "Hey, fans, come." Uh, come help us shovel out the stadium, and they made a point to not shovel the visiting part of the stadium, which is very funny to me. But uh, it, back more locally, what a weekend it was for Auburn sports. You had uh, Auburn men uh, <laughs> close to a disaster, but they avoided it, still ended up winning comfortably, even though the, the, the fourth quarter, I guess, didn't really go very well. You had that 10-minute stretch there where LSU had like a – 24 20, to 2 run. Yeah, 24 to 2 run something like that and they were still only uh they were still down by 9. So it just goes to show what a great first half it was and and the fact that you know you, you learn some lessons and look if you're going to learn a lesson you would rather learn it after a win. And uh, Auburn has a chance to 
you know, learn a tough lesson, figure out something that they hadn't figured out yet that um, it could have come back to bite them, and they still ended up winning the game. So that's why, you know, that if it happens again, then, you know, certainly something to keep an eye on. But I think this team grew a little bit uh, in what ended up being a comfortable win anyway. Um, my, my weekend was spent partially w- by observing that. You know, uh, we, we were uh, – my parents came into town this weekend. Uh, we got to hang out, do some work around my house. Um, and and go to uh, two different Auburn athletics events. We went to the gymnastics meets on, meet on Friday, where Auburn did lose to Kentucky, but they still hit their goal score of 197. Which, if you can hit 197, that's kind of the magic number in college gymnastics. That's what you're trying to get to. And Auburn did manage to get to that number. They they showed off a little bit in their first meet of the year. And uh, on Sunday, kind of the biggest thing happened. Uh, Auburn women's basketball taking down defending national champions LSU. I was in the building for that one as well. And uh, what a game that was. And we'll, we'll get more into details of that one. But, uh, Brooks, you were also at that game. Mm-hmm. And uh, what a what a time it was inside Neville Arena. And lastly, uh, cannot be ignored, uh, Aubie the Tiger won his yeah, yeah, 11th, right. 11th national championship uh, over Best the weekend. Best mascot in the country. Absolutely. Well, they've been doing this thing for like 20-something years. He's won it 11 times, and you're not allowed to win it in back-to-back years. So that goes to show just how dominant Aubie and, and his team have been since they started running this I didn't realize that it, they wouldn't let you win it back yeah, I, I think I think that's true. That seems stupid. Check, check me on that. But I I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that you're not allowed to win it in back-to-back years, and Aubie has won it 11 times in the less than 30 years it's been going on. So uh, dominance in the in-season sports, really. Uh, for Auburn this weekend, and uh, had a great time being a part of it. And we will uh, we'll talk more about all of those coming up here on the show. We'll start things off, though, today uh, with the men's basketball team, as uh, both of you guys kind of touched on it a little bit there. But Saturday inside Neville Arena in front of a sold-out crowd once again for the Tigers, a 93-78 to win. The Tigers gutted out a win. Uh, as you said, it, it, was a, it was a big run in the second half by LSU. It felt like Auburn had the game in control at halftime, and then LSU came out and ran on, went on a huge scoring run. Uh, I think it was, I think it was like twenty. You guys said twenty-four to two. I think that's uh, something like that. And so it was, it was a big scoring run. But uh, Auburn held, uh, held Pat, and they, uh, they were able to get the win. You look at LSU's uh, scoring; it was uh, Trey Hannibal and Jordan Wright both had eighteen points for the Bayou Bengals. Will Baker had thirteen points, and uh, Tyrell Ward had twelve points. Uh, so that was what four uh, LSU Tigers in double-digit scoring for the Auburn Tigers. You had four guys in double-digit scorings as well. Chad Baker Mazzara leading the way off the bench with nineteen points. Then Janiah Broom had eighteen. Uh, Aiden Holloway had thirteen, and Trey Donaldson having ten points on the afternoon. So guys, you know, you, you look at this game. Uh, it's it you know, I I put it this way when I, I was watching it on. Uh, I, w- I was in there covering the game for our, for the station. Uh, and and this is what I my takeaway of it was you know you it, it's a good win LSU's team that went and beat Texas A and M on the road uh, last week or week before and Texas A and M is a team that Auburn just beat last week inside of Arena but they also went home uh, this past week and upset a top ten Kentucky team uh, at home so. It's a mixed bag of what this LSU team is, but the fact that you let LSU go on this huge scoring run and you did not lose the game and you didn't, uh, you 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 know let them. I think that what the closest one was they got to nine points. Yeah, nine and, nine points was the closest it ever got, despite how 
how dominant LSU was in that second half. But the fact that uh, this Auburn team, you know, there there was uh, the biggest the, the two games you lost to Baylor and you've lost to App State. Those were two two games that you would like to have back. But this is a game that you you know you let a big scoring run happen and you did not let it affect you and you still won the basketball game. Yeah, I, I think that Auburn made the same mistake that I made and that, I, well, I, I don't think, I know this is what happened. They thought the game was over. Uh, with about 12 minutes to go, it looked like LSU had quit. They had they had officially given up. They were done. They were tired. They were ready to go home. You had put your foot on their neck and they were done. Fork in them. Walk-ons are coming in with four minutes left to go in the game. That was the kind of air that that contest had. And then LSU called a timeout and then scored 12 straight points in about a minute, and all of a sudden the game was back on, and, well, Auburn was still playing like the game was off. And it, it is tough to flip that switch back on after you flipped it off. So, they again, like I, I made the same mistake that they did. I thought the game was over, and that's something that I very rarely do. Um, so, you know, I, I like I said, I'm not overly concerned about it, but I am saying, hey, this is this is a lesson. This is a lesson learned. Um, and going forward, you're not going to be able to it, call games over until they're definitely over. So I think I think they can grow from this moving forward. I think Bruce Pearl said as much. And uh, you know, I I expect from now on, if Auburn gets out to a 30 point lead, they will hold on to that lead. Uh, or at least, or, or yeah, yeah, or or at least you know, not let it get back to as close as it was in this game for sure. Yeah, um, lessons learned. Bruce Pearl said a lot more after that. Uh, you know, he said that he uh, he you know I guess Auburn what ranked sixteenth, and he's like you know there are sixteen. He's like there are more than sixteen teams that are better than us right now. So I mean he's trying to he's trying to avoid the rat poison, I guess mm. you could say, but. Um, yeah, I mean, Auburn's up by as much as 28, and all of a sudden LSU just starts just bombing threes, and yeah. Auburn's just having empty possession after empty possession after more empty possession after more empty possession, and next thing you know, it's an eight-point lead. A 28-point lead is now all of a sudden at eight, and it's like, oh, crap, what is happening right now? But down the stretch of that game, Auburn put their foot back on the pedal and, and got it squared away. And they, they did not let LSU completely finish the comeback. And I guess that's the big thing. Yes, it got very uh, nail-biting. Nail biting and, you know, Wardam Steve would have been running to the medicine cabinet <laughs> to grab his heart meds, I'm sure. Uh, but, yeah, you learn from it. Uh, you, you learn that no lead is a safe lead and you have to keep that pressure on and yeah you know, like they did against arkansas where they just they never let, let allowed arkansas to do anything i mean they just they just kept going with that yeah same thing because i mean if it happens again there's some of these especially some of these teams that are better than lsu coming up you know this weekend against Ole miss that's one of those you against Ole miss you're not going to be able to allow a run like lsu went on because mm-hmm. Ole miss can finish a run like that and and can end up upsetting you at home so yeah use it as a learning measure uh, as, a, as a learning tool and move forward i think auburn would also i don't know if, if you guys agree with this or not but i think auburn because of that scoring one was very fortunate that they were playing in neville arena and not the pete maravich center yes yeah because absolutely if, if, sure. i think if lsu goes on that scoring run in inside of a inside at baton rouge uh with the lsu crowd behind them uh, I think that they may be very well finish that run and get, come all the way back. It gets a lot harder for sure. I mean, absolutely. As 
I, I think that they did a really good job, though. Speaking of Neville Arena crowds, I don't think that Auburn gets out to quite that lead without mm. the crowd behind them. Sure. But at the same time, when LSU started that run, the crowd got quiet. I mean, they, they did what they needed to do. They quieted the crowd like you're supposed to, and, and that's when they went on the run. And, you know, anytime you go on a 24-2 to run, I have to think that, you know, you, you completed the run as much as can be reasonably yeah. expected. Um, and, and they did. They made it a game again, and... Auburn had to go on a run to close it out and end up winning it by 15, which, you know, you just look at the final score of this, 93-78, to 78, that's not a close game. But there, there were moments where it should have been much worse uh, for both teams. At the half, it was 51-34, to 34, Auburn led. LSU then went on to outscore the Tigers 44-42 to 42 in the second half, but because of that halftime lead, Auburn was able to fight their way out, be victorious on Saturday inside Neville Arena by the score of 93 to 78. Let's hit our first break of the afternoon here on Sports Call. When we come back, we go to the Orthopedic Clinic phone line to take your phone calls, and we'll talk more about this Auburn basketball team. We'll talk some women's basketball, and of course, we'll get back into discussions on Auburn football. Is the offseason? That's not a thing anymore in college football. We'll be back <laughs> right after this. We have your attention, please. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Hi, my name is. What? My name is. My name is. Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. I'm Trevon Reed, former Auburn Tiger football player, national champion. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. our sports call callers and guests join us on the orthopedic clinic phone line the orthopedic clinic has been serving the people of east alabama since 1971 and is your go-to center for orthopedic care visit them online today at the orthoclinic.com for more information give us a call to join sports call at 334-887-341 locally or toll free at one triple eight nine tiger nine the orthopedic clinic proud sponsor of the sports call phone line we start things off now as we continue on on this Monday edition of Sports Call. I'm Brooks Childress, Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry joining me here today. I'm sitting in for Mr. Ryan Lavoie this afternoon. He's in Tampa getting ready to watch his Buccaneers take on the Philadelphia Eagles tonight. And so we are holding down the Florida bullpen day is what I like to call it on this MLK Monday. Again, if you're uh, off, thank you for making us part of your day, your off day. If you're working, we feel you. Thank you for making us part of your workday as usual. Let's go to the Orthopedic Clinic phone line to start things off here on the show. And we will go start right here in Auburn. And it is Terry from Auburn. Terry joining us here on the program today. Terry, how are we doing this afternoon? Fantastic, guys. How y'all doing? Doing great. Great. Uh, guys, I was wondering if there was any portal or recruiting news. I know you guys are going to touch base on this, and I don't mean to overstep overstep your show there, but I was just curious because I haven't been able to find out anything. No, that's – I mean, we, we always – you know, no matter when we're going to talk about it, we love people to come in uh, and ask us these questions. The only thing that I've seen here recently was today the Auburn Tigers picked up a commitment from the Texas transfer safety, Jerry and Thompson, uh, former <clears throat> top 200 overall recruit, had 176 tackles and five interceptions over the last four seasons – with the Longhorns. I believe he was on campus this past weekend for a visit, 
and uh, then ended up committing today to the Tigers. Had a couple of other guys on the uh, on campus this weekend. Uh, uh, Zion Grady, the uh, Alabama commit, was on campus this weekend. He's also going to take visits to Georgia and Florida State coming up. Uh, but that is uh, that that's the biggest news for so far that we've uh, for recruiting wise at least. Now, just curious, guys, how much is a change in coaching in Alabama hurt their recruiting or portal? Because I understand some guys have jumped in the portal. They've, uh, yeah, you're good. Uh, yeah, I mean they they've had a lot of guys go into the portal. Uh, Isaiah Bond, uh, who you know caught the touchdown pass uh, in the Iron Bowl. Yeah, Mr. Fourth and thirty-one. Yes, uh, he is now a Texas Longhorn. Mm. Uh, you've had uh, coaching staff go. Uh, Traveris Robinson, obviously a former Auburn uh, football player that has now made his name as a very good defensive coach. Uh, left Bama and was hired by Kirby Smart. There were rumors that DeBoer was uh, talking to him, trying to get him back to Bama, but he announced today he's staying at Georgia. So uh, T-Rob is now on Kirby Smart's staff, and uh, and the hits keep going. Um, obviously, Ryan Williams uh, decommitted from, Bra- from Bama, and um, that's a five-star-plus wide receiver that Auburn has been – Hot on the heels of for quite a while now, and so Texas is also uh, making a run at him. Yeah, there's there's a bunch of schools making runs at him. So no, it is it has absolutely had an effect, and, and that's anytime uh, you make a coaching change, and especially a legendary coaching change like that. Uh, one of your biggest jobs as the new guy is recruiting your own team before you even really start recruiting anybody else. You've got to recruit your own team and your coaching staff. Yeah, because we went through this. Well, when this was gone through several years ago. When Shula and Saban replaced, you didn't have social media back then. I don't think. No, no, it was not as big of a, not as big of an issue uh, with social media de- these, these days. But the real question: Did some drunk kick, kiss uh, Caleb Devoe? <laughs> I, like, I didn't like see. I you know I didn't see a drunk kissing. It was weird. They were like it was like all the fans were behind a fence, and he was. Uh, mm. Walking on the other side of the fence, it, it looked like something out of Berlin, Germany. It was, it was, it was bizarre. That is kind of weird. Berlin, Germany, 1980s. Let me clarify. <laughs> Not current. Well, Tom, I heard that the, the tight end, Black, Nye Black or something, had, had jumped in the portal. I don't know if that's true or not, I, or if, if he committed or anything. I, I, I honestly don't know. They're, they've had a lot of attrition once he, once he announced. Um, they've had a lot of guys go, and I – it's kind of hard to keep track of, honestly. It's been so many between the coaching staff and their players. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, it, AL.com reported yesterday that uh, Alabama tight end Amari Nyblack planned to enter the transfer portal. Okay, well, there you go. Yeah, and I don't think it really matters with Ryan Williams because I don't think we're going to find out nothing until February the 9th. No, I don't think we're going to know anything until he signs. And yeah, I think so. he's trying to keep it that way. And even then, you're going to be re-recruited next year. He could be, like I said, wherever he signs, he could be at Auburn in the next year. Well, and that, that's the thing. With or anyone any, else for that matter. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. You're, everybody, Auburn's excited about this wide receiving crew that's coming in here, but guess what? If if they don't feel like they're getting utilized enough with the, you know whatever system that Hugh Freeze is going to throw out there and whatever quarterback we're going to be going with, if if those guys don't feel like they're getting utilized enough, then they they will only be here for one season, and they will go find somewhere else to play. Well, something else to keep in mind, Tom and guys, is, is the quarterback. Peyton Thorne has got to get better, or he's going to replace because those receivers are going to want to get the ball. Yes, I agree. So, and then if he's if they have below average or average quarterback play, they're not going to be happy. Well, and there's that. The other thing to consider is you're going to have one of the top uh, running back uh, groups in the entire country coming back as well. They're also going to want the ball, so you know, 
That, that's the thing. You, are you going to be a running team or are you going to be a passing team? Uh, you, unfortunately, you can't make everybody on the field happy. Well, I mean, I've been impressed with Peyton Thornton's running ability, but his throwing ability is less than impressive, quite honestly, and he better improve a ton if they want to keep those guys around for longer than just one year. No, I agree. They, they, they're they going to have to definitely improve there and improve sure. on the offensive line as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Appreciate it, guys. You have a good day. Absolutely. Thanks so much for that call, Terry. That was Terry from Auburn joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Yeah, uh, so the, the, the two things, uh, again, you had Zion Grady on campus this weekend. You had uh, the, the transfer from Texas, uh, Jer- Jaron Thompson on campus this weekend. You already got a commitment from Thompson uh, over the, within the past few hours, uh, really. And then Grady is going to take visits to Georgia and Florida State. You're still working, as you mentioned, Tom, on, on Ryan Williams, uh, getting him here. You're working on a couple other things. I'm, I'm sure that uh, every time – I'm sure every time an Alabama player – uh, right now with the coaching change hits that portal there's uh quite a few phone calls being made i'm sure Hugh freeze is one of them oh, yeah. no texas is one of them steve sarkeesian uh has been hitting that uh has been definitely going after it as we noticed uh isaiah bond you, you mentioned isaiah bond signing with texas uh over the weekend and so it's uh it's really it's really really interesting uh, right now in the world of recruiting hasn't the ryan williams thing been just a little bit weird because it, it felt like it was between auburn and alabama and it was one of those two and then you know nick saban retires he decommits from alabama it felt like the commitment to auburn was imminent it was going to happen like the next day and now all of a sudden texas and texas a&m are are where they never were before i don't know i still think auburn gets him at this point just with all with all that's happened but it it is weird and and you know it could just be hey the kid wants his moment and that's perfectly fine I've, i've defended a kid's right to do that before and we'll do so again but i i do think that it's a little bit odd uh, how Texas and A and, and Texas A and M both have just kind of popped up and said, "Hey, we're competitive too." You know. Oh, I mean, again, it, it's. I think it goes back to uh, there's blood in the water and yeah. the sharks are coming yeah. around, and so you Alabama the is, sharks you know, or the sarks. Uh, the, mm, I mm. like that. Mm. Look, at you. Look at you. I'm a genius. Look at you. Three three four eight eight seven thirty four locally toll free one triple eight nine tiger nine is how to get on the orthopedic clinic phone line. Before we hit our next break here in just a minute, let's take a, another phone call and we stay right here in East Alabama, and it is Matt from Tallahassee. Matt from Tallahassee for Auburn from Casita joining us here on the orthopedic clinic phone line. Matt, how are you doing on this Monday? Well, Brooke, I told you, like, I was doing good, too. I got a text message, and and said, but I didn't like the text message. And I called the person back and told them I'd call me back, please. And she goes, please. And so, so I'm not very happy with that when well, someone calls me. Well, you see, Matt, the thing is, though, is now you're talking to us. And so that should make your day a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. What's up, Brent? What's up, Tom? What's up? Hey, Matt, how you doing, buddy? Fine. Hey, I got a little song about LSU. All right, let's have it. Hey, LSU, we just beat the hell out of you. Go to hell, Alabama. That's a, that's a song. Yeah. Uh, go to hell, LSU. We just beat the heck out of you. That's right. That's right. But twice, LSU, twice, 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 twice. Men's and women. Two and zero on the weekend. LSU can't handle us. No, they can't. I just got done by bowling practice and. The guy that works at the bowling uh, bowling alley, he said no one can guard Holloway. No one. There's no one that can guard Holloway. He's tough to guard. That's a fact. I can't even guard him. I can't even guard him or Broom. Yeah. It's it's tough. I'll let KD shoot threes on me. Oh, yeah? 
But I would probably like Caldwell dunk on me and stuff of that. Tom, did your did your girlfriend ever get uh, stevia for me? I, no, not yet. We we've been trying to plan this. So we got to we're we're heading to Mobile this weekend, so we've been busy trying to get this trip planned up. But I I probably I'll try to get that for you sometime soon. That just means it's going to be an extra good trivia question if she's taking this long to think about one. <laughs> yeah. So hey, uh, what do you guys think about? Um, us, Auburn playing against Vanderbilt, and when we play against Ole Miss, because Auburn fans are going to be booing Flanagan. He only scored 17 points last week. Yeah, I mean, that, that's still a, a fine performance. Uh, so I, I think that Vanderbilt this week is going to be a uh, it, it's going to be an interesting game because Vanderbilt's not a very good basketball program right now, but Auburn's always struggled up at Memorial Gymnasium in, in Nashville, so it's going to be really interesting to watch that game. And then Ole Miss, uh, they, they've kind of gotten a little exposed since you, you started conference play, but they're still, you know, you, you look at the, how they've played coming into it, uh, still a pretty good basketball program. And, and I'm sure that some of the Auburn fans will have something to say uh, to, uh, to uh, Alan Flanagan. Uh, I, I hope a, a lot of them would, would uh, be appreciative of the, the few years that he was here at Auburn uh, and, and understand that he went to Ole Miss to follow his dad there and, and you know, continue to be uh, on the same program with his dad. But uh, it, the, these next two games are going to be very, very interesting for the Tigers. Well, the only like, – the only – I want um, – yeah, I think – and stuff that – but I want to get all three of you guys' comments on you know, the game I'm kind of worried about when we play Alabama, at Alabama, yeah. then, then we play Bama at Auburn. And do you guys think we can win on Alabama's court? And then do you think that we can beat Bama on our court when we play them? I think that I think that Auburn can beat Alabama anywhere. Uh, I think that Auburn is a better team than Alabama. I think Auburn should win at home for sure. Um Alabama has a lot of trouble defensively. They can score 100 points, but they will give up 120 most of the time. That's their, that's kind of their MO. They score a lot. They take and make a lot of threes. Um, but they have a hard time defending people, and they give up a ton of free throws. So uh, uh, if Auburn goes in there and plays its game, it should win. But uh, if Alabama gets hot, then you know it could be tough to win there. I, I think that... Auburn should take both of these games, but if Auburn split the series, it wouldn't shock me at all. Tom, what do you think? No, I'm I'm the same way. Uh, I I trust uh, at Neville Arena, Auburn can beat anybody in the country. I, I truly believe that. Uh, on the road, it is a different thing, but Auburn is better than Alabama as an overall team. So there's a chance, but it's also very tough. It, it's tough anywhere on the road in the SEC uh, to go win. Even in Vanderbilt, as bad as Vanderbilt is, that that place is not fun to go play, and so uh, it, it's tough anytime you're on the road. But I, they definitely can do it. Do you guys? Do you guys? Uh, I'll start with you first. Do you see Auburn going to the Sweet Sixteen um, and the final and the final eight and the final four? And do you guys think that Auburn can probably win the SEC tournament? Yeah, I mean, I think that this Auburn basketball team, the way they're playing right now, is definitely has the potential to make it to the Sweet 16. Um, after that, you know, it really depends on who you run into at that point to get to an Elite Eight or a Final Four. 
Uh, and then SEC tournament, again, it's a team that probably is, is good enough to win that SEC tournament. Uh, they're good enough to win the SEC regular season title as well. But it really just depends on who you run into and at what time. Because, you know, a couple years ago, Auburn uh, was it was a fairly good team going in the SEC tournament. And they ran into a, the buzzsaw that was uh, Texas A&M uh, and that, that had gotten super hot there at the end of the year and, and beat Auburn in the tournament. Well, I was going to ask you, like, um, Brent, you went to the Auburn's men game, right? Uh, I did not go to the men's game, no. Oh, Brooke, did you go to the men's game? I was at the men's game Saturday evening. Now, answer this question. All right. A seven, the seven-footer player for LSU, a seven-footer, why would you shoot a three-pointer? And he got away with a couple of walks. He was on broom and, like, Elbow on the lot, he didn't get that many call fouls on them. But if you're a seven footer, why would you shoot a three pointer? I'm six two and a half, and uh-huh. I do threes, but I mostly, my coach has always told me not to shoot threes to drive in. But if you're a seven footer, why are you shooting threes? Well, I mean the 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 basket the game of basketball is kind of evolving now. Is you, no matter what position you play, you have to be able to at least have a three point shot somewhere in there. It may not be very good, but you you do need to have it in your uh, your arsenal to be considered you know to be, for NBA teams to look at you. Now that, I think that's why a big reason Janai Broom came back to kind of shore up his three point shooting, shore up a few more things the NBA uh, dra- uh, scouts are looking at. And so you know you you, you try to you, you try to have a full all around game for most guys. Um, and you know, it, you you kind of sometimes you let the big guys bang around a little bit down in the paint. I know they they Janai Broom kind of you know gets down there, throws some elbows a little bit. They 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 all the big guys down in the paint kind of kind of bang around a little bit. Yeah, like well, when when Broom got popped in, the, I think the mouth or the nose. I'm telling you, like that number seven Baker got away with a lot of fouls and and walking and and stuff like that. It, when you have your plant of foot on there, um, you're not supposed to move. Pick up. You're not supposed to move your uh, pivot foot. And yeah, you, gotta, it, you know the, the refs. I, I thought I agree, Matt. I think that they did. The refs did let LSU get away with a couple of travels. Their their big men, especially. But uh, you know, I, I've said it before. The referees in college basketball are just bad, and you're going to have to get used to that. And they're going to miss calls. They have, I think, the hardest job in, in all of officiating sports. And uh, I, we all wish they'd be better, but they're just not right now. Well, I, I'm just saying, like, see, I, when I play president's basketball, you're like you say, you're not supposed to move your pivot foot at all because that's a, either a walk or a travel. And most of the players for LSU got away with like three or four steps and traveling and stuff. That, but my coach always told me, pick a pick what foot you want as your pivot foot, but don't pick it up because if you pick it up, they're gonna call you for a walk or a travel. Yeah, that's yeah. good. That's and good your, coaching. Your coach is right. And so that's why I don't play special basketball anymore because I can't with my knee. Mm. Um, because I don't want to re-injure my ACL on my right knee because I think I have the surgery again. They have to screws out that's on there right now. Or if I did, I can tear my left ACL and go through surgery and therapy. And um, it's not it's not cheap. Yeah, we have surgery. It costs like. 
hundred and something dollars, and usually my mom and dad will have to pay because I don't have enough money on my card. But like I'm like I'm saying, but I just want to, I just wanted to say that I'm glad that Auburn men, me and my mom, me and my dad and my brother were at the men the men's game. Yeah, and I didn't get to go to yesterday's game because my brother, one of my brothers friends at the bowling guard group home died friday about four o'clock oh no well we're so sorry for you yeah and so um and so, so but have you guys heard any from um james or we're down steve had they got any questions for me what i'm gonna do what swimming events i'm gonna do in april or they haven't had any questions for you but they are holding on the line so we'll uh, we'll see if they have any questions for you coming up here right matt and, and I'll and if they do, I'll answer them next Monday. Okay. And tell them I said hey, and um, and I got a game in March. Okay. March and stuff. So, but uh, yeah, uh, Warden Steve and James War Eagle, and um, Tom, try to get your girlfriend ask you a trivia question she wants to ask me, and and stuff. So, but try to keep her straight. Listen to her, okay. All right, we'll do it. All right, where are you guys? Where are you That was Matt from Tallahassee for Auburn from Casita joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Let's go ahead and hit our next break of the show. We come back, more Auburn football talk, more Auburn basketball talk as we roll on on this Monday edition of Sports Call right after this. Want to join our conversation? Tweet us your thoughts on Twitter at SportsCallAU. I'm Deshaun Davis, former Auburn Tigers football player and all SEC linebacker. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. can now be heard on all Amazon Alexa devices. Make sure you open the Alexa app on your iPhone or Android. Tap the menu icon in the top left corner. Tap skills and games in the menu. Search Sports Call Auburn. Select that skill and able to use it and you're done. Then all you have to do is say, hey Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. And you're listening to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. We didn't really talk about it, but if you got an Alexa device for Christmas and you still haven't updated it, you know, we, what are you doing? We read this, you know, a couple times a week, a few times a day. Make sure you go and, you know, do it. That way you can listen to us wherever you go. If you're in the office and you just have the Alexa device and all the radio, yeah, get us on there. I'm Brooks Childress, Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry joining me here on this Monday. Hello. Uh, we are having a bullpen day, as we like to call it. Ryan LaVoy out down in Tampa, uh, getting ready to watch his Buccaneers take on the struggling Philadelphia Eagles. I'm sure he's not going to appreciate me saying that because now that probably jinx them. Uh, but it is uh, he he has a fun game. Every time we talk about that game this week or, yeah. or last week, he was very much not wanting to hear they're the, struggling. The, the, the whole like oh the Eagles are on a five game losing streak. He's very 
very sure that they're going to figure it out uh, today. I but listen. I don't I, know. I, I'm I, I'm very interested to watch that game and the game we're currently watching between the Bills and the Steelers. I apologized to to Ryan when this happened, but earlier this year when that that game that they were playing the Texans and C.J. Stroud went down the field and won the game in like uh, under yeah. a minute. Yeah. Um, Tampa Bay scored very you know very late in that game, and I I I said ball game. Sitting right next to Out him. loud? Out loud. No. I said ball Why? game. Why? No, I didn't say ball game. I said, oh, well, the NFC South's undefeated today because the, I think the Saints had won and the Falcons had won uh, and the Panthers were yet to play. The Panthers mm. had like the late game or something like that. And I said, well, they're Fal- – So the- it, was, it was what, like a four-score game with how much time left? Uh, no, it was like it was a one-score game. Okay, well, no, like a four-point game. Oh, uh, something like that. Like they need a touchdown to win. Yeah, yeah like a minute. Okay, so they were down by four, and yeah. they had a whole minute yeah. to work with. Yeah, and you declared the game over. Yeah. How long have you been watching football? Uh, a while, twenty-eight years. Almost, You're smarter or? than that. Yeah, I know. Should be. I I let the the aura. The of National the wings. Football League. I let the bourbon barbecue wings get to me, all right? <laughs> all right? And I, I apologize to Ryan at that point. So I, I understand where, you know, not wanting to, to downplay the Eagles because they're still a good football team. But he's getting ready to watch his team tonight. We're here filling in for him on this Monday edition of Sports Call. Uh, 334-887-34. Locally, toll-free, one 9 tiger 9 is how you get on the orthopedic clinic phone line. As we get ready to wrap up the hour in just a couple minutes, let's go back to the orthopedic clinic phone line, and it is... James from Montgomery. James joining us live from the state capitol in Montgomery. James, how are you doing today? I'm good in War Eagle. War Eagle. Yeah, I know that um, my best friend, Matt, uh, he was talking about uh, the game that was for um, uh, yesterday, uh, the men's basketball game against LSU. Yeah, and they really it. did good. Yeah. They, they really did good. And I'm pretty sure that they're going to have a really good, tough uh, – they're going to have a tough game on the road when they play against Vanderbilt because I'm looking at them. Um, I'm actually going to put them the first four in in the March Madness tournament. Okay, yeah. So I'm just going to put them – The I'm going to put Auburn – I'm going to put us in in the first four in, and I'm going to put Alabama the first four out of the tournament. Okay. That's uh, that's uh, that's a quite a prediction because, you know, both teams are undefeated right now in SEC play. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a chance that both of them go into next Wednesday's game in Tuscaloosa undefeated in SEC play. Uh, and so it, it's going to – it's uh, that's fun. Yeah, it is fun because with me – uh, focusing on the March Madness tournament, I'm looking at some games for the March Madness tournament that I'm actually going to be predicting uh, close to like February. So I'm going to be uh, giving you all those uh, predictions next month at the beginning at the beginning of next month and seeing if my predictions are right before the March Madness tournament starts on March the 20th. So I'm actually going to be looking at some great teams as well on uh, the men's side and the women's side as well and seeing who's going to actually, you know, for the women's side, I'm looking at Auburn, so I'm putting uh, Coach Harris and her Auburn Tigers in in the first four in, and LSU will be the first four out of the women's uh college tournament as well all right well that that's uh that's interesting that that's uh that's a very interesting spot you got on man but we'll look forward to those predictions next month then yeah because i'm 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 very happy that i uh saw a great great turnout for uh coach harris uh, coach harris if i'm saying her, well yes i'm saying her name correctly as well so i'm just so happy to see that uh we actually 
just like I said over uh, last week, I said that Auburn was going to come out with a huge win against LSU, and they actually did it for me. I mean, they stopped Angel Reese. They stopped her really, really good. They blocked her out. And I think Angel Reese, they were saying that she was going to be uh, heading to the NBA, to the WNBA, but she said no, she's not going to the WNBA this year. She's going to still play for LSU. So I don't know why she opted out of playing uh, in the WNBA. I mean, she, she looks like a WNBA player, but I think it's time for her to, you know, to just like, you know, slow it down a little bit, you know, let, let, let things, uh, cool down for, for Angel Reese just a, a few more months, months in the head in advance for Angel Reese to actually hit the, uh, big stage with some of the major players in the, in the pro league as well. Yeah. Angel Reese, she did have a pretty big game yesterday versus Auburn, 24 points. Uh, 8 of 15 from the field, 8 or 12 at the free throw line, had 11 rebounds. Uh, so she she had a pretty big game. But, yeah, Auburn was able to uh, to get that win, big win yesterday. Uh, record crowd at Neville Arena for a women's basketball game. And uh, they I think they, they still missed you there, James. Oh, they sure do. So um, I will be in Tuscaloosa when they actually – uh, actually take that trip up there to uh, Colin Coliseum and I know they missed me I, I'm very happy that they uh, <laughs> that they really do miss me as well so they can uh, send me a tweet and uh, you know send me something you know on my uh, Twitter feed you know like a little video or something like that and that would be really amazing from uh, Coach Harris and all the young ladies out there for for me as well, because I'm a huge, huge fan of their uh, of their criteria, and I've been with them ever since the the very beginning when it was in uh, Auburn Arena, and and my heart actually stays with so many memories of that of that iconic stadium up there in Auburn, Alabama, as well. Yeah, are you excited that they're retiring Dewana Bonner's number this coming Sunday? <laughs> I am. I am indeed. I wish I was there for this uh, moment because I. I would like to meet. Uh, I would like to. Meet, I would like to meet um, a ton of Bonner, uh, Dewana Bonner, and actually get to you know see how she actually played a great game at Auburn. And every time I look at her jersey, her jersey number, it reminds me of so many great things that she's done on and off the court. For Auburn, I mean, she's a great basketball player for the WNBA, and I would love to, you know, get like a signed uh, shoe from her as well. Yeah, you have to see if you can get that one day. Well, James, what did you, what were your thoughts about your Cowboys yesterday? Uh, I mean, my Cowboys. I don't know what happened. I mean, we 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 couldn't even do what we expected to do. Um, Mike McCarthy, I know he played, I know he was coaching against his old team that he coached and took to the Super Bowl, but I'm looking at the next head coach for my Dallas Cowboys and I'm looking at, uh, Bill Belichick from the New England Patriots. That, that will be a really, a really good turnaround for him, for, for the Cowboys to actually make that, make that pick for, for the Cowboys, uh, coaching staff as well. Yeah, you think he'd be good for Dak Prescott? Well, 
Not quite, because I'm thinking Dak Prescott is on the hot seat. So okay. um, when the when the NFL draft starts, and I think it starts in April, so I'm looking at I'm looking at uh, JJ McCaffrey from uh, Michigan. So I think he would be a good fit for the Dallas Cowboys in uh, 2024 as well. Okay, I don't know if they're ready to move quite off of uh, uh, of Dak Prescott yet, but that'd be interesting. That'd be an interesting pick. Well, James, you got anything else before we have to let you go today? Um, I don't have any uh, final thoughts as well, but I'm actually looking at the upcoming NASCAR schedule, so I'll probably give you all that as well because I'm actually um, ready for the NASCAR season, which is going to be coming up real soon. So I'm going to actually talk about all the new upcoming uh, events that are going to be coming to NASCAR this year as well. And, uh, for the first time this year in NASCAR, uh, when they do the uh, race from the Colon Coliseum, they're actually going to have it done on uh, Fox Sports 1 and Fox Sports on their Spanish channel as well. So that's going to be uh, the first time ever that NASCAR actually done something like that from uh, Los Angeles, California this year. Well, that'll be awesome. That's, that's going to be really great. Well, James, thanks for giving us a call. We'll talk to you in, uh, later on in the week. How about that? All right, sounds good, and I'll take that uh, all-star trivia on tomorrow. All right, well, we'll get you all-star trivia tomorrow. All right, sounds good, and War Eagle. War Eagle, that was James calling us from Montgomery on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. And that is going to wrap us up for our number one here on this Sports Call uh, MLK Day edition of Sports Call. I'm Brooks Childress, Brent Daughtry, Tom Peavy joining me on the program. More of your phone calls in the second hour. We'll talk all over football, all over basketball, NFL playoffs and more right after the break. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 online on the Tiger.fm and on our app as well as the Sports Call podcast. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Hour number two of Sports Call starts right now on Tiger 95.9. Streaming online on the Tiger.fm on our Tiger Communications app, free to download wherever you get your apps. Also on Alexa, if you listen on our Alexa devices. Also on the Sports Call podcast. You're listening there after the fact, but thank you. I am Brooks Childress. 
Joining me today is Mr. Tom Peavy, Mr. Brent Daughtry. Those two are normal Monday customers here on Sports Call. I am the newbie uh, filling in for Mr. Ryan Lavoie, who is down in Tampa, getting ready to watch the Buccaneers take on the Eagles to wrap up Super Wild Card Weekend. Day three of Super Wild Card Weekend is currently underway as Bills and the Steelers doing battle up at Orchard Park in New York. Uh, Bills are currently up 7 to nothing on the, the Steelers, and they are currently reviewing to see if George Pickens caught and fumbled a ba- uh, football or if it was incomplete. Ooh, that's a fumble. They are. They I are think fumble it. as well. And I uh, believe they did review it, and it yep. is a fumble. Is so a the fumble. Bills take over first and 10 at the Steelers' 29 with 4.15 left to play in the first period of that one. That's, this game was moved from yesterday. Uh, very, very, very quick touchdown for the Bills off of that turnover. Dalton uh, Kincaid from about 30 yards out. So, um, listen, sudden change. It's a, it's sudden a, change. It's a heck of a drug, man. Um, the, this game was moved from yesterday to today uh, because of snow, winter weather in the area. Uh, we are getting ready for our own winter uh, weather here in the next couple days. But is, it's mainly, it, is it supposed to snow or well, just be insanely stupid cold? That. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I think there there's like a very minuscule chance that there might be some frozen precipitation, but not in the form of snow. Not, not like to stick. Maybe get a little bit of like some frozen rain, maybe. But I mean, it's a very small chance here. It's the snow and stuff supposed to be in North Alabama, which it is currently snowing. I mean. If you go and watch James Spann, there's plenty of videos from uh, everybody enjoying the beautiful snow in North Alabama right now. Uh, listen, if it doesn't snow here, I'm not going to be hurt because I <laughs> last time it snowed really here, I barricaded myself inside of my apartment for three days and JJ had to come res- rescue me because <laughs> JJ is a mountain boy and he actually has driven on snow before. I'm a South Alabama kid. I don't know what that is. Um, the closest thing that we have to driving on snow is when the beach sand gets a little bit too much on the road. So I'm a I'm not a I'm not a snow driver, and so it's uh, it'd be tough for me to to navigate through that. But it's uh, as Tom said, just gonna be very very cold uh, these next few days yeah. here in Auburn. Uh, so hopefully everybody's taking those precautions, and uh, while you're doing it, listening to Sports Call. We got a had a heck of a first hour. Talked Auburn basketball. Uh, we talked a little bit of Auburn football. Had some calls that you, can, if you missed anything, make sure you go back and listen to on the Sports Call Sports Call podcast. And right now, let's get set to go back to the Sports Call Orthopedic Clinic phone line three three four eight eight seven thirty four one locally toll free one triple eight nine Tiger nine. Where all of our Sports Call callers and guests join us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. The Orthopedic Clinic has been serving the people of East Alabama since nineteen seventy one as your go to center for orthopedic care. Visit them online at theorthoclinic.com for more information. We start out our number two with... Wardam Steve. Retired Wardam Steve, also a South Alabama uh, man, is joining us on the Sports Call phone line. Uh, Steve, how are we doing this afternoon? We're doing good, gentlemen. Thanks for the phone call. And good afternoon to you, to Lynn, and to Tom. All right, guys, before we get to sports, uh, just if I... Maybe great, just a few moments uh, to say what uh, today uh, is about. Uh, it's a sure. federal holiday to honor a man who had the courage and bravery of his convictions, more so than probably I would, or many other people, uh, and risked his own safety in life uh, to uh, to stand up for, for people's rights, uh, and people's rights who maybe sometimes other people um, did uh, have the courage to. And uh, give you one quote, and then we'll go from there. Uh, the quote that stands out for me that's Maybe not that well known, but uh, he wrote it 
while he was uh, incarcerated in Birmingham jail. And uh, he said, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And I'll leave it with that. All right, uh, guys, about the game Saturday, Tom, I heard your comments about me, and I was about to have uh, a damn stroke. <laughs> uh, and, Brent, I heard your comments as well, and my response to your comments as well, Brent, and to everybody else, you know what? That 28-point lead, they've given it up to around eight points at, at one point at the very end, was inexcusable. And I would say that, Coach Pearl, and I talked about it with my son, and my son said to me, reminded me, Dad, that's how Bruce Pearl coaches. He believes, in fact, he even said it, he wants his team to figure it out. Yeah. Well, if you ain't figured it out by the time he gets down to about maybe 12 or, or 10 points, somebody needs to jump in and tell him to stop it uh, and call a timeout, but he wouldn't do it. Um, now, this eventually, you know, if it doesn't I – mean, in fact, if I will ask you guys – uh, will he not listen to anybody like his own son or city coaches that might come to him and say, "Hey, Dad, we got we got to stop it down, call time not to stop this." Uh, I mean, you know, I I don't know what the what the dynamic is there with the assistant coaches, how much pull they have to be go up and you know tell Coach Pearl that, "Hey, man, we we may need a timeout here." But you know, like you said, and and, and like you you said, your son said he likes to let things play through. And I'll tell you what, he, he didn't call timeout there, and they did end up figuring things out and were able to stop that bleeding. But that it was it is a dangerous game you play. It, it's a very very dangerous game you play. You've, you've seen a and, and that's a very old school way to do it too. Uh, as you you let uh, let players play through uh, and, and try to figure things out, but it's uh, it, you know it, it sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Saturday it almost didn't work, but ultimately ended up working, and, and you know the Auburn was able to figure it out there at the end and, and get a win. Well, guys, what about that philosophy? Do y'all support it or disagree with it? So the thing with Bruce is, and, and I, I'll lead off by saying I would have called a timeout when it got down to about 15, 12, 10, somewhere around there, I would have burned a timeout. Bruce's whole philosophy is we're going to get timeouts every four minutes anyway. It's not a matter of whether or not a timeout's going to happen at all. He would rather save those timeouts for those end-of-game scenarios where you really need them uh, and use those use those TV timeouts every four minutes to really set up his defense, stop bleeding, do stuff like that. But I, 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 and I think there is some legitimacy to that philosophy. Clearly, Bruce believes in it. And uh, but I, I would have taken a timeout when they got to about twelve or so. Oh, uh, Tom and Brooke. I, I, you know, I, am not. I'm just. I'm not going to question Bruce Pearl's philosophy. I mean, the guy's been coaching basketball for a very long time. I can agree or disagree or whatever, but I'm just not going to question it. Maybe a timeout should have been called. I, sure, potentially, but I mean, it it worked out. Uh, I mean, I think if I was coach, I probably would have called a timeout just to try to stop some of the bleeding. But I mean, Bruce didn't feel like he needed to. I think it really, for me, it really depends on the scenario because I, I what Brant brought up there <clears throat> with the <clears throat> excuse me uh, with with the you get a timeout every four minutes from from media anyway. And so if, if they go on a run, so if I'm coaching and the other team goes on a run pretty early after a TV timeout, I'm probably going to be more prone to call that timeout and try to sort things out. If it's later on in the clock there toward that, that next media timeout, I'll, I'll let a, you know kind of let it go and see if they can figure it out. But I really think it's, it's more situational is how I would go with it. Well, 
you know, I said at one point, okay, uh, when when is this going to be enough, Bruce, that you put a stop to it? You know, uh, uh, it was at our home field to squander a 28-point break. To me, uh, you know, spread up, to me, it was really just inexcusable. And it, it, it could bite us definitely uh, on the road. And uh, what I also could, could understand is, you know, why do you keep Leo Berman in there? Uh, they were killing him. Oh, they were, they made, what is it? I think it was four, three or four uh, three pointers in a row, didn't they? Yeah, I, not all of those were on Leor. I I am of the club of the people that are saying that Leor Berman sh- his minutes should decrease exponentially. Now he he did only play four minutes in this game, and he ha- he had a plus minus of negative eleven. So it was horrible. That, that that's really not good. Now all of the threes made were not just because Leor couldn't guard his guy, but uh, Leor is certainly a defensive liability. His shooting is not so good that. He needs to be kept in there despite that. Uh, it, you know, it, clearly Bruce believes in Leor, but uh, my belief in him is slipping as much as I, I think he's a really cool story. I, I'm, I'm really happy for him that he's gotten to live his dream as an Auburn basketball player, and he's contributed to this team in ways that, you know, people not on the team cannot understand. But on game days, I think his limits, I think his minutes need to be limited more than they are. Well, it, to me, that final score, um, Shouldn't have been that close. I mean, we should probably, sure. we should, should blow them out of the darn arena about 30, 40 points. Yeah, we, yeah and we, I, I think Bruce Pearl would agree with you. I think he was very upset that the second half went the way it did. I was say, when you're up 51 to 34 at the half, you should probably, you know, win that game a little bit more uh, lopsided than that. Okay. Well, and uh, I was really, just really proud of the, uh, uh, the, the women's basketball team. I didn't think they were going to pull it out. Uh, that was a, a, a really tough, close. Um, nail biter at the end there. I don't know if you guys watched it or not. Yeah, both me and uh, Brant were in no. the in the arena for it. And I'll tell you what, Steve, I walked into that arena yesterday and I said uh, I was fully expecting LSU to get the win and be a lopsided win. By the end of the first quarter, I was like, all right, well they're you know they made a good run at it here. By the end of the ha- or by halftime, I said, all right, they've kept it close. This is respectable. And then by the middle of the third quarter, I, I was looking at. I'm like, Auburn's the better team today. Auburn no. should win this basketball game. And, and Steve, I, I can tell you this. They, this is gonna sound bad. There, there's been these big crowds for the Auburn for the men's basketball games, and you know there was one when Southern Cal was here, and, and a guy was like the Bronny James effect. All the fans, it's like, dude, they they pack that place all the time for men's basketball games. Now, that crowd that was there for that women's game, I can guarantee you, a lot of that was to see Kim Mulkey and Angel Reese and LSU, and kind of take in what is supposed to be one of the greatest women's basketball teams put together and that's what they're there to see and they ended up watching auburn upset this great team that is put together there's a lot of lsu fans there i can tell you there were a lot of there were and and not only that but uh with 10 seconds ago you put the ball in angel reese's hands and i mean angel reese is a is all american she is the the girl from last year that was pointing at her finger i mean she is just the can't miss stud star of that team Put the ball in her hands with 10 seconds to try to tie it. She drives in, and Auburn just takes it away from her. Jemiah Mingo Young was just waiting on her and just ripped it out of her hands. It was great. I mean, just ripped it out of her hands. Jemiah Mingo Young, great play by her. Just just took it away from her. She did not play great offensively. She got hers. I think she got nine points in the game, but uh, it was – her defense all day was spectacular. Even though Angel and you know Angel Reese, she scored twenty four to lead all scorers. But uh, I mean, the the defense from Auburn all day was incredible. And when she did that, guys, I was so afraid they were going to call a foul on us. 
Yeah, uh, it, it it was it you know it really just depends on how you you grab the ball or you grab yeah. you know you if you grab Angel Reese at that point besides grabbing the ball you grab her hand that's a foul uh, but you know they got Reese on the foul on that one when she uh, ripped the knocked ball her away. off yeah yeah, uh, yeah Mingo grabbed the ball ripped it away and then Angel Reese knocked her to the to the floor and so she got the foul. Well, uh, I'm just glad they they beat us you twice, so I was uh, really happy to see that. Yeah. So guys, right now. Looking at how our team has performed, uh, how many SEC games do you think we'll lose for the remainder of the, of the season? Man, that's tough to to look at uh, on the women on the women's side. No, for the men's side. On the men's side, I think I think you could. I'm not going to say safely assume, but I think there's a chance you drop one of the Alabama games just because they sure. are. How, how good of a, of a offensive team they are. Yep. Now, you're going to put up a ton of points against them, too, but they, the way that they play offense, I think that's going to be difficult. Uh, that road trip to Tennessee that's is going to be brutal. Is, is going to be difficult. Yeah. The, Auburn will probably because, lose yeah. that one. Yeah. Um, that's the, uh, what, is that, is that the Alaska? No, no. That's February 28th. Yeah, that's, that's toward the end of the year. Right. That Kentucky game, I know you do get it at home, but that's still going to be a, a game that's, that's tough. Um, Ole Miss is a is a team. I think really how you see them play Ole Miss this weekend could really tell you how they could do on the road at the Tad Pad uh, uh, next month when they go there at the first of uh, no. February. Because if you blow out Ole Miss at home, I think you've got a good chance of sweeping that and getting a win at Ole Miss. And I'll tell you a game uh, that that worries me a little bit now is the way Georgia's playing basketball. Georgia's playing really good basketball. That trip to Athens on February twenty fourth. That kind of worries me a little bit if if I'm a visiting team because they were they had Tennessee on the ropes on Saturday uh, in Athens and so I you, you look at it I don't know what you guys think but my f- number would be three four losses in conference play right now that yeah. that sounds about right to me as well I, I think that you try to hold serve at home and you know you're probably going to lose a game on the road that you shouldn't you yeah. can attribute that to the Alabama game if you want to, and maybe Alabama and another game because rivalry games are a little bit different. Ole Miss. Uh, Yeah, you've got Ole Miss coming up, and Ole Miss is a good team. Yes, they got blown out the other day, but – they, they are a winning team. They have good players. So it, that, that'll be a tough game for there's sure. There's some difficult places that Auburn has to don't, play. Don't SEC you have to play. host Kentucky as well? Or yeah. Do you, yeah. yeah. So you, you, that, that's not going to be an easy game. Okay, you gentlemen overlooked a team that scares me. Okay, who's that? We, we've had a struggle. In fact, it's been a long time. I don't know how long it's been to beat them at their place. Is it Florida? Florida. The oh, Gators. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's another one. That's another one that yeah. you know. It, we, you like you said, Auburn has trouble winning there, and they're they're, they're a decent team. Todd yeah. Golden's a good coach, and Auburn is better. Be than, Auburn is better than Florida, but it, yeah, it's tough to go in there and 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 get a win because they they usually have a very raucous environment. The other thing is Auburn has now put themselves into that position to where when they go to places, the fans are going to show up because it's kind of it has kind of become a big deal to beat Auburn basketball. It's crazy to think that Bruce Pearl has put Auburn in that in that position, but it is. Um, anytime Auburn shows up to somebody else's arena, the crowds are going to turn out. They're going to turn out in force because it is it means something special to knock off Bruce Pearl and the Auburn Tigers. And how about some of the upsets over the weekend, guys? Iowa State. Yeah. Oh, I, there's been upsets all over the place. Yeah, it, it's been so, it's been a very upset heavy year so far in college basketball. So team rankings, I'm looking at are projecting us with a percentage chance to make the Sweet 16. Uh, they give us a 63 percent chance to make the Sweet 16. Mm-hmm. Guys, what do you think? You agree? 
I think, disagree. I think right now, I, 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 you know, I, Matt asked us a little bit earlier, and I would say that I think this Auburn team right now, if they continue to play basketball the way they are right now, I think that they have a really good shot to make the Sweet 16 of the NCAA tournament. Now, again, that depends on who you get matched up with in the first couple rounds. If you go further than that, it really depends on who you get matched up with going, you know, past that point. But the way that Auburn plays basketball right now, if you get, uh, you know, you get to play some favorable teams um, or, or teams that are just around your same level, you don't have to go up against like a, you know, you don't run into like a UConn or, or a Marquette or somebody, uh, a Kentucky or a Duke right there. Uh, early, unfortunately, you run into them early on. If you, you avoid that, you've got a really good shot to make that Sweet 16 the way they're playing right now. All right, now team rankings uh, projected us to be seated in the number two seeding, guys. I thought that was kind of high. What do you think our seed uh, might be? Well, Lenardi last week, at the end of last week, had an Auburn as a three seed, right, Brant? Yep. And so I, I think after some of the, the, the stuff this weekend, last week, uh, that, you know, I, I would not be shocked to, uh, to be moved up to that two seed, but two, three, four seed somewhere around there is, is what I'm thinking. What about you, Brant? Yeah, that sounds about right to me. I mean, I. I'm not an expert on this stuff, so I trust the people that get paid to do it. Joe Lenardi is the guy, and last week he had Auburn as a three seed, and then this past weekend happened. There were some other teams on higher seed, uh, higher lines that got knocked off. So uh, Auburn could be as high as one of the two seeds right now. They could be the first three seed, um, and they may be the the fourth one seed in some projections. So uh, I think that having Auburn in a two seed right now, that yes, that does seem a little bit high, but it also does make sense. Okay, moving on to the NFL, guys. All right. There were some crazy games over the NFL, and I'm really glad to see Detroit uh, pull it out. Yeah. They hadn't done it since, what, 19, what was it, 97, I think I saw? Yeah, I, I had think Longer right. than that. They haven't, they haven't won a playoff game in 30-something years, so longer than since 97. Okay, all right. Well, I, I was glad to see, especially that Matthew Stafford was on the other side who had played for who the Detroit Lions. Yeah, and they let them have it last night, didn't they? Yeah. All right. On this date, guys, on this exact date, in 1967, what happened in the NFL that had never happened before? Ooh, 1967. Uh, was it? Could it be the the first Super Bowl? Gosh, you're good. Hey. But it wasn't called. But hold on, hold on, my friend. It was not known as Super Bowl back then. Although later on it became Super Bowl One because I was 16 at the time. What was it called? It was called what? It was the AFL-NFL championship NFL game, wasn't it? World championship, right. Yeah. In fact, uh, the uh, commissioner, Pete Bozell, didn't like the, the name Super Bowl. He wanted it to be called the big one. Wow. <laughs> but people started calling it the Super Bowl. Why? Because at that time, there was a toy made by a company called Whammo, and they had a Super Bowl. It bounced all over the place like crazy. Yep. And people started calling it Super Bowl, so that's how it got its name. And who won the first Super Bowl? It was the Green Bay Packers. Oh, the first Super Bowl, yeah. The Packers yeah. over the Chiefs. Right. It was, it was, it was bad. 35-10. to 10. Wow. Yep. Bart okay. Starr was the quarterback of the Packers. Lynn Dawson was the quarterback for the Chiefs. Yeah, Bart Starr was the quarterback for the Packers. Though, right? That's right. Yeah. Yep, he sure was. All right. Now, uh, moving on, guys. Have you read that Disney apparently is in uh, talks with the uh, NFL? Oh, yeah, to, uh, to acquire a stake in ESPN, right? Yeah. I did see something about that this weekend. So, uh, there we go with that. All right. And finally, guys, this is for you, Matt. What four college programs have won national championships in 
basketball, baseball, and football. Four programs that have won a national championship in There's basketball? There's only four programs that can say they've won all three national championships in those uh in those categories. And this is Florida, mi- this Florida's is basketball. Florida's, right? yeah. Florida's Florida, one of them. Florida's one. Florida's one of them. Is LSU one of them? Nope. No, LSU has never won a basketball championship. Um, gosh. I'm trying to think. It, trying uh, to think did U- has UNC done it? Nope. Not UNC. Okay. I'm trying to think of who who's... Uh, I'm trying to think of who would be good in basketball. Yeah. Right. Or Georgia, not basketball, baseball. Basketball yeah. and football. Georgia's never won a basketball title, but they've won baseball and football. Bama's never won a basketball title or a baseball title that I'm aware of. Uh, what conference? Uh, obviously, we already, we got Florida. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter the conference. No conference. Oh, okay. Oh gosh. Oh, uh, you, if uh, shooting for independence here is Notre Dame one of them? Nope. No. Hmm. USC. Uh, no, but you're getting warm. Oh. UCLA. UCLA. There you go. UCLA yeah, is one okay. of them, and Florida. Who's the other two? Uh, is Texas one? No, I'll give you a big hint. Okay. The two remaining teams are in both in the same both uh, in the uh, same conference. All right. Hmm. Michigan. You got it. All right. And then and the other one. Uh, it's got to be a Big Ten team. Then Ohio yeah, State. No. You got it. All right. All right. Okay. So those are. I didn't think that uh, Ohio State had won a. Baseball championship. I didn't know. I didn't know Michigan or Ohio State had won a baseball championship. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's it, guys. Uh, that's all I got. Except I do want to ask you this. Okay. About the upcoming game on Wednesday, I've been reading people's blogs, weather reports that it might be rescheduled or canceled uh, for the uh, Vanderbilt game because of snow and ice. Uh, I haven't seen that. I know right now in Nashville, they are definitely under a lot of snow. Uh, I don't know what that weather is going to be like after it moves out. But thing is, there is supposed to be another system coming behind the neck. This one that's supposed to make it even colder in certain areas by the weekend. So when do you think that one might be made? I say Tuesday. Uh, if there, I think Auburn basketball travels tomorrow. And so I would probably assume that if, if something's going to change, they'd do it before Auburn gets on that bus or plane or however they're getting to Nashville. Okay. Uh, if we do play, guys, what do you make uh, the Vegas line for that game? Ooh, gosh. Uh, Auburn by 13? Ten, I was going to say 10. I was going to give it – I was going to make it a little smaller because uh, I'll of meet where the, the game's being I'll played. meet in the middle and say 12. All right. Well, Auburn by a slight – Auburn a slight double-digit favorite. Okay, well – the uh, people at Team Rankings give us a 92.2% chance of winning the game. Uh, this should not be a nail-biter, right, guys? This should not be a nail-biter? It should not be, but as everybody mentions all the time, that arena in Vanderbilt is really weird. Uh, people tend to suffer. They, not, they don't play well there. The, the, the backdrop is different there. The benches being at the ends of the courts, the elevated court on like a stage and that just that place is weird it's very very it's, it's weird a, it's a good word for it it's just a weird yeah weird venue yeah i don't like those those commentaries there uh, that's just uh, the truth you know don't tell me this is a trap game please don't tell me trap game, i know this uh, no i i don't think i'm not gonna say that this is a trap game vanderbilt is bad i mean they're really really 
really, 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 really bad basketball they, they team. They played Alabama, a tough game. I remember that last week. Well, again, Alabama scores a lot of points, but Alabama can't defend anything right now. They they are terrible on the defensive end of the of the ball of basketball. So uh, a lot, yeah. I mean, if you if you can score, I mean, you can stay there with Alabama. But if yeah, Vanderbilt's not good, they're they're really not very good. And of course, I okay. say that, and they end up upsetting Auburn. Who knows? Well, I'm I'm going to hold you to that. Then. <laughs> well, I mean, that, I'm just the thing is, you just don't know. There's been upsets all over the place. Uh, the, I mean, the good news for you, goodness gracious, we just watched Auburn's women beat LSU. The good news for you, Tom, I mean, is the, the upsets game, happen. The game is on Wednesday, so if you are right or if you are proven wrong, and uh, Vanderbilt does somehow upset Auburn, you won't have to answer to Steve till Monday. This is true. Well, I just hope that I'm not limited to. Uh, three words during that game. Uh, <laughs> the three words being "call a timeout," "call yep. a timeout." Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I hope he's learned his lesson, or somebody is going to get his attention. So you can't keep doing this, and get away with it forever. Yeah. Hi right, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for taking my phone calls. Always, I enjoy your comments. I listen to your podcasts afterwards, and uh, we'll see if uh, everybody. Uh, and uh, make it a, a happy trip back home for uh, Mr. Uh, Ryan LaBoy. Absolutely. Hi, guys. War Eagle. War Eagle. Right. That was retired Ward M. Steve joining us on the orthopedic clinic phone. Like, yeah, I think it just with, with Pearl and timeouts, it just depends on the situation because I know he does like to let them play through stuff, but right. I think it really just depends on, on what the what the time, what the time situation is going to be looking like. Sure. 334-887-341, locally toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9 is how you get on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line as we head to our next break of the show, our first break of hour number two. We come back more of the best sports talk, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call, right here on Tiger 95.9. Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. We're done paying the bills. Now back to Sports Call on Tiger Podcast is brought to you by our friends at Coca-Cola. If you ever miss Sports Call Live or you just want to hear something again, make sure you go back and listen to our show on demand wherever you get your podcast. Join us cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk. Make sure you get that Sports Call Podcast, SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, anywhere you get your podcast, really. You can listen to us there. Thank you for listening to us on that podcast if you are. If you're not, uh, make sure you go back and listen to some of your favorite bits from the show on that Sports Call Podcast. I, I believe we are in early talks don't want to give anything away, but I believe we're in early talks of Wacky Wednesday coming back here in the next month or so. Heck yeah! Um, that uh, you you from what I've heard is you don't want to miss um, from some uh, some some inside sources. Uh, <laughs> inside source being the host of the show that has talked to other people on the show about potential 
Wacky Wednesday stuff. We won't go from there. But that's the type of thing that if you missed any Wacky Wednesdays, if you're missing it right now, you can go back and find all those in the Sports Call podcast. Um, college football season is over. Uh, one week ago tonight, actually, we crowned a national champion with the Michigan Wolverines. John, uh, Jim Harbaugh has interviewed for two NFL jobs at this point, um, or is, is in line to interview for two jobs. Nick Saban's retired, which after the coaching carousel had stopped for college football, reignited it with a with a, just a fury uh, as Nick Saban steps down. Over the weekend, Kalen DeBoer was officially introduced as the new head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, coming over from Washington. Yesterday, it was announced that Jed Fish from Arizona will be moving up to Washington to take over that job. So that means that Arizona, another Power 5 school, is now open, a team moving to the Big 12 this year. And so the coaching carousel continues to roll and spin. And if Jim Harbaugh leaves for the NFL, guess what? The Michigan job then opens up, and that's a massive job. And so it just the, the offseason never stops. Uh, and so, you know... Here in Auburn, we're no uh, no strangers to coaching carousel moves. Uh, as Auburn's still looking for Auburn football, still looking for an offensive an official announcement for an offensive coordinator uh, position. Uh, you are looking for a new running backs coach, um, p- potentially somebody to take over for uh, for Zach Etheridge, uh, depending on what they do with that situation. Over the uh, last Friday, you had the official announcement of. Charles Kelly as co-defensive coordinator. You also have the return slash maybe he never left of Wesley McGriff uh, <laughs> being here. Maybe he wasn't here. Maybe he was here. He was officially announced on Twitter with Texas A&M, but maybe he never left. Who knows? Uh, and so Auburn still uh, still circling things. Guys, neither of you guys were on in the latter half of the week last week. So I uh, want to get your thoughts on the departure uh, departures of uh, Cadillac Williams and Zach Etheridge from the program. Uh, uh, Cadillac Williams, of course, if anybody does not remember, uh, stepped down, resigned on Thursday evening, uh, going to uh, pursue other opportunities slash spend more time with his family. Uh, Zach Etheridge uh, then Friday morning announced that he would be leaving, going back to Houston where he joined the Auburn staff from. Uh, and then also want to get you guys' reaction on the official announcement of Charles Kelly as a co-DC. And he's already Friday afternoon. He was in Sarah Land, which I think you know what that meant. Oh, yeah. And then Sunday. With our guy with T. Reed. Yes. And then Saturday morning, I had reports that he was out with recruits eating uh, downtown at, uh, for some official yeah. visits. So already putting in the work. Uh, before I d- talk about those others, I want to give a congratulations to our guy, Trevon Reed. Yes. I have not seen it officially announced what his position is, but uh, he has apparently been elevated to a position in that recruiting room to where he can actually travel. Well, you see, the thing is, is Brant mentioned this on Friday in the in the office, is last year when Auburn was looking for a new OC, right. they technically moved T. Reed to a, a office coordinator by proxy, and so he could go right. out on the road and recruit. So this could very well, very well be the same kind of deal where they've just moved him up so that he can go out recruit, and then as soon as they get somebody else in, he's back to right. where he was. But the, the, it is very big that he's out on the road recruiting. Well, the story that I read was that he had been elevated to a position to where he was able to do that. So I, but you know, that's without knowing all the rules, of how different things. But anyway, nobody he, understands the incident. He, yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, they don't even. No. Yeah. Uh, Florida State just got hammered by the NCAA, and it's like, what did we do wrong? <laughs> like for for NIL violations, yeah, an NIL which, violation. you know, what in the world does that mean? Uh, so my now, question: as, as far as um, 
Uh, as far as uh, Carnell Williams and Zach Etheridge, um, you never like to see guys that have played here and now coach here leave, but uh, sometimes things happen and moves have to be made, and I'll leave it at that. Sure. Um, now, the thing with Zach Etheridge, um, I – I personally think, and I have read plenty of other beat writers' uh, content and different things like that, and just kind of reading tea leaves or figuring things out. It sounds like that. Uh, it sounds like there was an issue between Zach Etheridge and Coach McGriff. Um, that's when McGriff let, uh, went off the field to a non-field uh, coaching role. Mm. Then he left to go to A and M, and it sounds like Hugh Freeze really wanted McGriff on this staff. Uh, and I think there was kind of a conflict of interest between having Etheridge and McGriff on the same staff. And you kind of had to pick one. And I feel like he believes that McGriff is the better coach, the better recruiter, better all-around person for the staff. So I think that move was made. Um, yeah, uh, like I said, it's it's tough. You start diving into a lot of the rumor and innuendo and, and things that are out there. I mean, there's a lot of – Stuff that is out there with some of the other beat writers that kind of lead you to believe that there's more to the story, but it's stuff that you just can't get into. Uh, but like I said, sometimes moves have to be made, and you don't ever like to see it, but it is part of it, and you move on from there, and you find top guys that can come in here and be the best recruiters and the best uh, position coaches that they can possibly be. And now who Auburn goes after, and look, I you know I don't know. Obviously, Nick's. Uh, at Ole Miss is a guy that uh, that Hugh Freeze is very familiar with, and we have talked before that Hugh Freeze likes to have guys around him that he is f- very familiar with. And uh, Coach Nix at at, uh, at Ole Miss is one that he's familiar with. So the potential there. Uh, obviously, everybody keeps bringing up the name Damian Craig, but I, you know, I don't know, I don't know what the. I don't know what the relationship is like between Hugh Freeze and Damian Craig. And again, if Hugh Freeze is not comfortable with him, I mean, they may have had some passing conversations, but you know, he may not know Damian Craig from Adam. I I have no idea. Obviously, it's a name that keeps coming up, but uh, yeah, I mean, the moves are being made, and uh, Hugh Freeze is searching, and we'll see how it goes. But uh, I think that you know, staff's going to look. You know, quite it's going to look quite drastically different than what you saw this year because you're already going to have a brand new offensive coordinator, brand new defensive quarter coordinator, and now you'll have some position coaches that are brand new. So that's uh, that's why the head coach gets paid all that money to make these kinds of decisions and see how it goes. Uh, like Tom touched on, there are rumors as to why. Zach Etheridge and Cadillac Williams left. Um, Zach Etheridge already has another job now. He's now the defensive backs coach at Houston. Um, good for him. Uh, I hope. I, I wish him nothing but success. Obviously, love when former players come to play for come to coach at Auburn. I think that's a really cool story. I also think that uh, losing Zach Etheridge and Cadillac Williams, they're both really good at what they do. I think they're both excellent recruiters and really good position coaches. So losing them is is. Uh, is it sucks, but obviously, if these rumors are true, then you know, there, there's only so much that a head coach can do uh, in that scenario. I will say that I will always defend any head coach's right to build the staff that they want to build. It is their program; they should be able to make it in their own image. 
if these rumors are not true and Hugh Freeze is choosing to move on from these guys, I think that's an incredibly questionable decision. If these rumors are true and he didn't have any choice, then, you know, it obviously he didn't have any choice. It is what it is. I think that the guys that you replace them with, I think that Charles Kelly is an excellent hire. I think he's a proven great recruiter. He is one of the best recruiters in the country, and that's yeah. bar none. Um, I think as a defensive coach, he is also pretty exceptional. I do think it's interesting that your two defensive staffers right now, your two head defensive staffers are both secondary guys with Wesley McGriff and Charles Kelly both being former defensive backs coaches. Usually when you have two guys kind of equal on the defensive staff, one is more concerned about the passing game, one more on the running game. And right now, Armour does not really have a, a main defensive coach that's a, a run game stopper. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see how, how that looks next year. But um, I, I think that the guys that you have are pretty good on the defensive side. I think the guys that you lost, it is worth it is worth noting that this much staff turnover, regardless of the reason, is never a good thing. You always want as much continuity as you can possibly have, and Auburn is not going to have that next year. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see who they do eventually make these replacements with on the offensive staff. I don't know who it'll be. Derek Nix is the name that keeps getting thrown around. Lane Kiffin seems pretty confident that he's going to hold on to Derek Nix. So Auburn may have to elevate uh, from in, from inside in this program because, like Tom said, Hugh Freeze is not a guy to go out and get somebody different. He wants his guys, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Sink or swim with the staff that you want to make as the head coach. So, um Losing Cadillac sucks just from a fan perspective. It, I've said before, Cadillac Williams was my first ever favorite football player. He's the first guy that I remember going, I really like that guy uh, wearing an Auburn uniform. And Zach Etheridge, uh, anybody from the 2010 team, is going to forever have a special place for me. So losing both of those guys in the same two days, it's an emotional thing for a fan to experience, uh, not just for me, but for, for the Auburn fan base. Um, but sometimes, but like Tom said, that, that is the business. These things happen. Position coaches are going to move around, whether that is for job opportunity advancement or something off the field, whatever that may be. Um, there are a lot of rumors, and none of them are particularly friendly to either of those guys. So I'm not going to say which one of them I think is true. I don't know if any of them are true. It could just be purely they want to do something different, and, and that's just as valid a reason as any. So... Um, it, for Auburn, it's going to be very important whoever they bring in next year, or for whoever they bring in in this offseason. And I don't know who those, I don't know who that'll be, but it, it just sucks to lose those two for sure. The Auburn looking right now on AuburnTigers.com, the list of the football coaching staff. Obviously, you have head coach Hugh Freeze, Charles Kelly's COVID defensive coordinator. Interestingly, Ron Roberts is still listed on here as the defensive coordinator, even though he the reports came out and that he is going to Florida. Uh, so he is still listed there as a defensive coordinator. Ben Agamora, the tight ends coach, Josh Aldridge on linebackers, Marcus Davis, the wide receivers coach, Jeremy uh, Garrett as the defensive line coach, Jake Thornton as the offensive line coach, Wesley McGriff officially listed as the secondary coach slash cornerbacks coach on the Auburn football coaching staff page. And so, guys, you know, you both touched on it. You both touched on the rumors that are around about potential staff moves. Um, you, you look at this. You know, Charles Kelly is listed as co-defensive coordinator, right. which which means that somebody else 
you would think is coming it's in or coming they're going to move it. The the fact that, you know, I, I think there was a few rumors out there that it was going to be Wesley McGriff that coming back, but the fact that right now he's been added back to the coaching staff side and the secondary coach slash cornerbacks coach is what his official list is there, not co-defensive coordinator. What are your thoughts on what, what they're doing, what they're looking for here with some to bring somebody else in with a co-DC? Like I said, you've got, a, you've got a guy in Charles Kelly who's an excellent defensive backs coach. I, you need somebody to come in and be kind of maybe your main defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. and he stops the run, he worries about the front seven, let Charles Kelly worry about the back end, tell you what he sees from that side. There are a million different ways to do it. Um, I, I don't know who Auburn could bring in, you know, because their their position coaches are pretty much filled. Like they're not going to go out and get a linebackers coach and elevate him. They're going to have to bring in a guy who is a true defensive coordinator, and that's his job. You're not going to be able to elevate. Um, it, you're not going to be able to fill a position coach's spot and then just slap the defensive coordinator sign on him. So I, I don't know who they're going to go after. Uh, it'll be really interesting. Uh, I, I've said before, I, I don't really like to make predictions. I like to analyze things that have happened and sure. give kind of a why. Um, so I, do I, is that what, that's what I would do if I was in Hugh Freeze's position right now is go look for a guy who has experience as a defensive coordinator and, 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 and has a proven track record. This is Auburn University. You, you don't have to go for some scrub. You can go and find a guy who has done this before. I think that... Ron Roberts would be an excellent option, but unfortunately, he has just left you for whatever reason. Um, I, 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 my speculation is because they brought Charles Kelly in. I, I think that's part of it. That could be part of it for sure. Um, I, and I think I also think it's interesting that Wesley McGriff announced that he was coming back immediately as soon as uh, Ron Roberts announced that he was taking the job at Florida. I think that there's potentially some friction between those two, and that's why one of them left, and then the other one left, and then the first one came back. I think all of that is very interesting. Um, And I think that this whole clash of personalities thing better get figured out in a hurry, or it's going to be... It's going to be rough if if you can't fix that part of it. I think that you've got to find guys who can get along. And, you know, if people are taking other jobs elsewhere because... You know they they clash with the other position coaches. That's not a good thing, and that's a thing that has to get figured out very quickly. Tom, uh, I, I'm just the the name Chris Kiffin is just the name that is out there by yeah. everybody right now. Uh, yeah, he's he's right now he's been an NFL guy. Uh, he is the linebackers coach for the Houston Texans. Uh, I guess technically they're still in the playoffs, aren't they? They are. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, Maybe that's why you haven't heard anything officially on that because the Houston Texans are still in the playoffs. Um, Chris Kiffin, brother of Lane Kiffin, uh, but he was on the Ole Miss staff, uh, defensive line coach and defensive recruiting coordinator from uh, 2012 to 2016. Uh, And so, again, we've talked about Hugh Freeze likes to bring guys in he's familiar with. Well, he's definitely familiar with Chris Kiffin. Um, and the guy has had a lot of success, and he's he's got the experience in the pros and in colleges. And uh, if he's looking to get out of just being a position coach, maybe he's looking at that other defensive coordinator spot there. Uh, and maybe, again, like I said, we haven't heard anything on that because they're still playing in the playoffs. So Chris Kiffin is the name. He's that hot name that's out there. Um but yeah, I mean, there, there, and there's plenty of other names out there. I, I again, I find, I find it 
little less than coincidental that they have not officially named that, and mm-hmm. Chris Giffen is still coaching in the NFL at the moment. Mm-hmm. So that should tell you something, I think. But, um, yeah, you know, it's 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 one of those things. You just kind of you have to put your trust in Hugh Freeze that he's going to get this staff together and and get the team ready to go for the fall. But uh, the the one thing I do I I do have to say though is that there has been some attrition on the staff, but uh, it feels different than Brian Harson and the guys leaving there because it I does. it absolutely yeah, does. I I have you know you you don't have uh, you don't have Derek Mason leaving. Mm. To take a pay cut to go do something else, and then you start hearing, you know, this, that, and the other from Derek Mason and how the culture was this, and then, and then you had other guys. It just, there just seemed like there was so much crap going on between players leaving and coaching staff leaving under Harson that it just felt like a complete cluster, you know what, from the get go. I, I will this argue do, though this that- doesn't feel like a cluster, you know what. This just feels like. Uh, Guys making some moves, maybe some, maybe a little bit of clusterness. With I, I some, will, I will say that Ron Roberts leaving the that, defensive coordinator spot to go be the linebackers coach at Florida. And, that is, that's a downward move, and, and there, I, there's right. something there that's. Not and that's why good. I said maybe a little bit of cluster, you know whatness yeah. going on as far as that. But some of the others, I think it's, uh, well, some of it's rumor and some of it's stuff that just happens. Two hours, I guess. <laughs> two hours of sports call are in the books. We will come back with another hour right after this. 334-887-341. Locally toll free one 888 to get on the orthopedic clinic phone line. Anthony from Auburn is holding on right now. We'll get to him at the top of the next hour right after our break. Two hours of Sports Call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour on this Monday. I'm Brooks Childress filling in for Mr. Ryan Lavoy this afternoon. Tom Peavy. Brant Daughtry joining me. They are usual Monday guests on the show. I want to thank you so much for listening, especially on this MLK Day. I want to acknowledge what he did as a as a man, especially for this this area, this the southern part of the United States. Uh, you know, can cannot be over overstated what he did for not this area, the country, and everything. That's why you've got the day celebrating him today. If you had the day off today, uh, thank you for making us a part of your day. If uh, you're still at work or you're leaving work, uh, thank you for making us a part of your work day as you do each and every day here on Tiger 95.9 Sports Call Auburn. As we get the third hour started, we're about to go back to the orthopedic clinic phone line, but first, where it's time for our 5 at 5, brought to you by our friends over at Southeastern Land Group. Make sure you go out 
and uh, enjoy the outdoors. And what better way to enjoy the outdoors than on your own land? Or maybe you're trying to sell some land. Uh, Brian Watts, John Harden can help you. Visit them at selandgroup.com for more information. Uh, we are five at five today. The five, the top five teams ranked this week in the AP poll for men's basketball came out earlier today from the SEC. We'll start out with number one. Number one is the number six team in the country, the Tennessee Volunteers, sitting at twelve and four on the year. Dropped one spot down to number five after last week. Then number two. Number two is the number eight team, the Kentucky Wildcats, are twelve and three on the year, falling over the weekend to Texas A&M on the road. They dropped six spots down to number, or they dropped uh, two spots down to number eight from number six last week. Then number three. Number three is the Auburn Tigers. They are ranked at number 13 this week in the AP poll, moving up three spots after two wins last week, one over Texas A&M and one over LSU. They move up from number 16 at a 14-2 and two record. Then it is number four. Number four is the Ole Miss Rebels. They were not ranked last week. They are 15-1 and one now, and they are up to number 22 in the country, setting up a big game inside Neville Arena on Saturday night for the Vault 70s throwback game is this weekend. Then number five. Number five. There's no other teams currently ranked in the top 25, but the number five team in the SEC, according to the AP poll, is the Alabama Crimson Tide. They are 60 points, uh, just a about a hundred, a little, little over 100 points outside of the top 25 right now uh, in the AP poll. So uh, from back to front, Alabama, Ole Miss, Auburn, Kentucky, and Tennessee are the top five ranked teams in the AP poll this week. And that is your Sports Call 5 and 5, brought to you by our friends over at Southeastern Land Group. Let's get ready to go back to the Orthopedic Clinic phone line at 334-887-34 and locally toll-free 1-888-9-TIGER-9. All of our sports call callers and guests join us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. The Orthopedic Clinic has been serving the people of East Alabama since 1971 and is your go-to center for orthopedic care. Visit them online today at theorthoclinic.com for more information. We start out our number three by staying right here in Auburn, and it is... Anthony from Auburn. Anthony joining us. Anthony held through that break. We want to thank you so much. Now he's joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Anthony, how are you doing on this Monday? Doing good. And you guys? Doing great. Great. Great, great. You know, uh, I had a chance to enjoy uh, the Auburn Tigers. Those LSU Tigers played yesterday, the Lady Tigers. Uh, you know, I, I before the game, I would have thought the LSU would have came over here and just pretty much ran the ladies out of here, but they didn't. Though. I mean, those uh, Lady Tigers got on it from start to finish and just kept on biting and biting and clawing and, and was making plays that some other teams probably wouldn't have made against LSU and then messed around and pulled out a victory. They yeah. sure did. Well, and then, I'll tell you this, Anthony. I, so, so Johnny Harris, the style of basketball that she coaches defensively, is perfect for that. And Ken Mulkey said that after the game, that that style of defense where they're just kind of wild and flying all over the place. And so every little thing that you try to do offensively, they are there to try to at least somewhat disrupt that. And they just never let you really get set and do what you want to do because there's always somebody running around and up in there. And that's that's the style Johnny Harris likes to coach, and that's what they did to him. Well, it was very challenging uh, to those LSU Lady Tigers. They could not adjust to it. Uh, you know, it gave them uh, something that nobody else had given them all season, and maybe not even last year. Uh, you know, perhaps those Lady Tigers ain't that good this time around, and maybe Auburn's just that much better off this, this time around. Well, I, I'll tell you this. I, I It still would not surprise me if LSU won the national title because, I mean, they're loaded with so much talent. And then they brought in 
Uh, Van Leith. Yeah, uh, Haley Van Leith. Haley She's, Van Leith came I, in, transferred I, to him. I'll agree with Tom. I, I think that they are a legitimate national title contender, but I do think Auburn is significantly better. I don't know that they're ready to compete for a national title, uh, but that team has gotten so much better over the last three years under Johnny Harris. And they're, I mean, they're, that's their theme this year. They are on the rise. That That is their whole thing. And, you know, uh, this is definitely a, a signature signature win for Johnny Harris. Well, I tell you one thing: they continue to play like that, they're gonna make some noise in that tournament, and uh, gonna be something to reckon with. And very well could get in the in the, in the finals uh, uh, of the tournament. Very well could, but they're gonna continue to play and have a little luck on the side and uh, go injury free. As Coach Bryant used to always uh, talk about, uh, you never know what could possibly happen between now and then. They continue to get some wins under the belt and build some confidence and uh, continue to refine their game like they got going on. Uh, you never know. That's right. You know, uh, speaking of football, a lot has happened uh, from last week to now, uh, most definitely with so much going on. Uh, Belichick uh, stepping away uh, from the Patriots, uh, saving, retiring, uh, all these assistant coaches moving around, and Pete Carroll, uh, I think he either got fired or quit or whatever happened with him uh, or whatnot, and all these jobs opening. But, you know, uh, as far as rumors go, we're not going to get into it because we're not going to uh, downgrade or drag nobody uh over this radio station or whatnot because it's not needed. I don't really know what may or may not happen. It's just rumors. But, you know, when you look at a coach like Cadillac that was in the position he was in, it's hard to get in a position like that. It's about being an assistant, a, a associate coach, head coach or whatnot, having the pay scale that he was on and well-respected or whatnot. You know, when you look at the coaching searches and you don't see, uh, when you talk to my coordinators uh, moving up to these head coaching jobs, you don't see a whole lot of black coordinators, anybody calling for them to be interviewed for a head coaching job at certain schools or whatnot, or or somebody's in a position like Cadillac might have been, assistant head coach. A whole lot of names ain't popping up. It's hard to even get an interview uh, at a school to get a job. And when you get in a position like that, you've got to give it your best and not, I mean, as far as uh, uh, career-wise, uh, giving your best as far as what you do day-to-day, but then your off-the-field or off-the-court activities I mean, you got to carry yourself in a respectful way. You can't be out doing everything because it's already uh, uh, tough to get in a position like that. You just made it a hundred times tougher for the next man trying to get in that very position, hoping one day to be a head coach some kind of way in Division One, which ain't a whole lot of jobs open. You get one or two select people here or there, but as far as a whole bunch of uh, people being interviewed or somebody got their finger on two or three people they got on a sheet of paper that they circled, I mean, that just ain't happening. I mean, you look at the NFL, now. I will say hats off to the NFL because that is certainly happening in the NFL, but does college football going to have to come up with a, a, something similar to a Rooney rule in order to uh, promote or advance uh, anybody, of, a man of color, to get a head coaching job at a prominent school in, 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 in NCAA uh, Division One football? I'm not sure. It's something that I've seen tossed around, and I'm, I'm with you. I think there are certainly a lot of black coaches that are – uh, capable of leading really solid programs. When uh, what was it? South Alabama. That job came open uh, earlier this cycle. I, I really thought that Cadillac would have uh, gotten an interview and and would have been a, a good choice. Was it South Alabama? No, that, what, Kane, Kane Womack is still down at South Alabama. Uh, there there was some smaller Alabama school. Troy. Troy it might have been Troy uh, that came open and and I thought Cadillac was going to get an interview for that one. But uh, a Rooney Rule. I'm not sure that you would see a, a one for one with the Rooney Rule because there, like you said. There's just the NFL is such a smaller pool of guys, uh, but definitely I think that something like that could happen at some point. Because I'm I'm with you. I, I think that there are a lot of 
position coaches that are, are not getting those opportunities for advancement? Yeah, well, uh, I hate to say it, but maybe you have to do that in order to try to move forward. I mean, you, nobody's, uh, like I said, nobody's on anybody's list. Uh, don't pop up. Nobody's uh, thinking that direction or whatnot. So you just wonder about that when you look at, uh, especially in the South, most football teams are about nowadays about 90% black. I mean, you know, I yeah. mean, that's just the fact. That's just what it is. And then you got people, we've all talked about the NIL money. But when you look at uh, having a roster like that, and then you're talking about you don't want anybody having the money, but yet we talked about athletic departments uh, grossing $250 million, having a 25 or $50 million profit left over. And the salaries that a head coach are getting, of course, I mean, coordinator salaries are really well. I mean, you know, when you look at all that money like that over a period of time, let's say you grossing two hundred million or two hundred fifty million over a period of five years, you didn't hit a billion dollars just for that one program. They ain't counting everybody else. You know, uh, maybe in the Southeast Conference or some of the big Power Five, they're getting pretty much the same thing. So you you look at billions of dollars stacked on top of billions of dollars, and and you're getting people all upset because this kid got a million dollars or, or whatnot. That's just a small, measly piece of money. Uh, he got a, a million, but yet over a five-year period of time, the, the school institutions didn't be racked up on a billion dollars, and it's only getting better. So you have to wonder why people want to be against something like that. I mean, what's a million dollars when you got that other money we talked about coming in? I uh, did the uh, little research, and savings of estimated uh, earnings as far as a football coach exceeds over $150 million. That's just football money. They ain't counting anything he might have got from endorsements or, mm-hmm. or any kind of uh, speaking fees or somebody's giving him a gift or any kind of investments he might have made that might have tripled or, or quadrupled uh, uh, money as investments do over a period of time when you have that kind of money to invest in anything. So, I mean, you think about it. Uh, <laughs> that's something to think about when people start talking like that, when you think. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, and, you know, I, I watched the uh, the 20-minute interview with Nick Saban uh, uh, that was released right after he announced that he was uh, retiring. Uh, and, and he, you know, he, he said he, he said as much as, as it, it felt, you know, he, he's a guy that is, you know, taking Nick Saban, for example, he, he's a guy that is all for, you know, the, the NIL and stuff. But I, the, the problem with it, I think what a lot of people have the problem with is when it comes to people using it as an advantage and in, you know, schools with bigger boosters, bigger pocket pocketed boosters to be able to do quote unquote buy players to come and play for you. Uh, you know, Nick Saban talked in that interview about having some sort of salary cap or something where everybody can spend this money, but you can't spend more than that, and kind of evening the playing field where the players still get a little bit of something, uh, but it it's not like you know you, you're out here. You know, X school is spending more money than Y school, and therefore they get all the best players. You know, anything you do, always going to be somebody going to have more. Even before they got NIL, Alabama still had a bigger budget than Troy State and Jacksonville State. Sure. I mean, you know, Auburn, Auburn still had a bigger budget than UAB. So, it don't, you know, regardless of how you slice the pie here, there's always going to be somebody that's going to have more money than you got. I mean, you know, uh, some people go to school because they might have an academic program they like. Yeah. Might be the coaches. And then it might be this program is on TV every week. At one time, you could sell that when TV was the way it was. Or, or this program is always around a conference title, always in the hunt for a national title. This is where I got to be because it's going to be the best chance for me to perhaps have opportunity to get to the NFL uh, if you're looking at it that, that way. But like I said, nowadays with uh, all this TV money and endorsement deals that school get for athletic apparel and and all these soft drink companies, whether it be Coca-Cola with the Powerade or Gatorade, Gatorade whichever one it is, 
uh, you know, or whatnot, and, and different uh, ways you can make money for different uh, uh, people, uh, different companies or whatnot, sponsoring the university. You can't uh, come out and put a cap on anything that a player's going to get. If a coach is making uh, $10 million or whatnot, and no, there's no cap on his money, uh, you look at Alabama and just uh, hired a new coach. Now, to my understanding, he's got a $100 million deal, as was what was reported. That may be a rumor. I don't know if it's true, but uh, and that's supposed to include the $12 million buyout uh, in that $100 million. But then you look at Saban just retired. I'd be almost certain that, that whatever the terms of his contract was and what's left on it, the university's going to honor that. I wouldn't think for a minute that they're not going to honor that. What do you guys think? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think that they, you know, uh, well, especially because, you know, Nick Saban is still going to continue in his, uh, is going to have an office in Bryant-Denny Stadium. He's still going to continue with the university as an advisory role uh, for the football program. And so that's going to be a way that they pay out the rest of whatever it, it could be owed to to Nick Saban. Because I think, I think normally you decide to retire, you, you know, you kind of do forfeit that the rest of that money. But the he's still probably going to get the rest of that with his whatever advisory role he's going to be serving in. I tell you, like this, whether he serves in, of course, he says he's going to do that. Whether he does it or not, I still think they stand up and honor him because what he has done for the universe, the respect and love they got for him, they're going to do it anyway. Sure. You know, because I think one big booster uh, a while back said that when Saban did retire, the home that he was living in, he said as long as they live, they can live in that home and they take care of everything until he died. As far as they was concerned, if Saban wanted that. Sure. You know, that's just how the booster felt about it. Sure. So, uh, you know, but uh, that's a whole lot of money. <laughs> and then you got to bring a new staff in. I'm going to tell you, I ain't too crazy about this hire myself. A lot of people are, but I'm not. I'm just going to, I just, uh, I don't know. But, you know, like I said, when you have that shift, and we talk, start talking about that shift before Satan retired, I, you know, I mentioned that when Hugh um, Freeze went down to Phoenix City and got big old Cam Robinson, I think that's his name, right? Uh, I'm correct? Coleman. Cam Coleman. Coleman. Okay. When he went out and got Cam Coleman out of Phoenix City. I said then that I see the kind of shift that, that I had when he started getting talent that Auburn hadn't been getting like they usually get, like Alabama was getting, and he didn't mess around and got his finger on it. Now you just need that one piece of the puzzle, that Bo Jackson moment, whoever that player may be. I don't know if he's on campus right now now, or it may be next year, but at some point you're going to have a Bo Jackson moment. And uh, that's going to uh, help that shift to where Alabama's not going to be what it used to be, even though it, even though that this might not make no sense in today's time to people, even though Alabama may have all that loaded up talent, but that shift is something different. Mm-hmm. You can have the talent there and this and that, but the shift that occurs or whatnot, and it ain't going to make no difference. That's just what it is. I mean, if you look at any program that, like Alabama or Nebraska that was out there for so long winning championships and beating everybody down. And, and you just say, well, it's a guaranteed win. I ain't got to worry about watching the game. You know, I'm going to go hunting this weekend. Or I'm going to take my girlfriend somewhere. Something she's been at me about going because I've been watching too much football. And I can just go ahead and, and, and take her out and enjoy whatever I'm going to enjoy and not worry about the game because they're going to win it anyway because I didn't got so used to them doing it. I ain't got to worry about it. I ain't got to be on pins and needles. But that, that, them days is over. You know. Yeah. I mean, and I, I think with the when you you know you brought up the NIL stuff, I think that also has contributed to it because you're especially you know college basketball, you're seeing a lot more upsets this year. Uh, teams are you know revamping their rosters very quickly. You saw a few more upsets in college football this year, and so I, I think NIL is just going to also uh, expedite those processes. You know, uh, I would say this: if you're going to pass a rule to keep a school from tampering with NIL money, uh, to for their advantage, that might be one thing. But like I said, if you got Coca Cola or, or, or Wendy's or 
or whatever big old company, they want one of them big old offensive linemen out in Auburn to advertise a big hamburger they got coming out or whatnot. If they willing to pay them a million dollars or five hundred thousand dollars or fifty thousand dollars every time that commercial comes on or whatever kind of agreement they come with, if it's ten thousand dollars every time it shows or or whatever it is, just using it for example, hmm. then uh, stay out of the way and let the man make the money. And then next year, if uh, somebody else won't give him more money and he decides he needs to leave and go be wherever that is, then uh, that's just what he have to do. Sure. You know, there's enough players going around circulating everywhere for everybody to have a slice of that old pie we be talking about all the time. I mean, I think a lot of folks just think, well, if these players leaving, then we ain't going to be able to win and, and we're going to be in the toilet or this or that. I think that's what people are worried about. The, uh, yeah. the wins and losses is more than anything. Absolutely. You know, but guys, I appreciate it. It's Martin Luther King Day. Uh, anybody can hear my voice. This is a great time to make a donation to an HBCU of your choice here in this great state of Alabama. Uh, there's Alabama A&M, Alabama State, Tuskegee, just to name a few. There's a few more, but that's what I can think of right now. Uh, over in the state of Georgia, you got Morehouse College, where uh, King graduated from. That's certainly another quality university you can, you can donate to. And in the Washington, D.C. area, there's Howard University, which is one of my favorites that I like to uh, contribute to on a monthly basis. Uh, you certainly can stand up and, and make donations to these schools to help them out. They need all the help they can get. Why not now go ahead and make that donation and help people out, and we'll move forward and, and have a great day. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for that message, uh, Anthony. That was Anthony from Auburn joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Let's hit our first break of our number three. Uh, when we come back right after this, we'll go back to the Orthopedic Clinic phone line for more of your uh, thoughts and opinions right after this. know how easy it is to listen to our show all you have to do with your amazon smart device is say alexa play sports call auburn i'm jeff whitaker jr former auburn tigers defensive tackle and national champion and you are listening to sports call on tiger 95.9 Welcome back, Sports Call, on this Monday. Monday. <laughs> I had to take a second. Uh, I had to take a second. It's a Monday. It is Monday. Uh, sport, you uh, missed any of the Sports Call from this Monday edition of Sports Call. Make sure you listen to that on our uh, podcast presented by Coca-Cola, wherever you get your podcast. Tom, you got a winter weather update? Uh, yeah, so a uh, little while ago, the National Weather Service in Birmingham uh, has extended their winter weather advisory into East Alabama counties. I'm reading this from Derek Kincaid. Uh, the idea being that there could be some patchy areas of light freezing rain tonight that could create some slick spots on a few bridges and overpasses. Uh, it's not expected to be widespread issue, just one to be mindful of when traveling early tomorrow. No snow involved here, just some, quote, potential very light glaze in a few spots. So uh, basically, it's about to get really, really cold. It's about to get icy. Uh, it does not look like we're going to get the snow, but... 
it's going to have enough mixture of moisture and cold weather that you're going to get some icy patches on roads and bridges and slick surfaces. So if you are out and about after midnight tonight, be very careful. Or better yet, just don't be out tonight or early in the morning unless you just absolutely have to. Um, It's going to be icy. And especially uh, you get out into some of the rural areas where you don't have a lot of the heating, the natural heating of cities and things like that. You get out there, you're going to really find some icy areas. So, um, yeah, I mean, once it gets cold, just stay inside. Stay inside in the heater and just don't get out and drive around unless you just absolutely have to. If I don't show up for work tomorrow, it's I saw a snowflake. That's all I'm saying. I just saw one snowflake. That's all it's going to do. Uh, were, Southern boy is not used to the ice. Nope. We, we were talking. Me off, neither, man. We were talking off the air, and I watched a, a, a drone uh, flying around Nissan Stadium in Nashville. So for anybody that ha- does not know this, like the entire state of Tennessee is covered in snow right now. And they were flying blanket. the drone. Was that? It's a blanket. A blanket. Um, they're flying around Nissan Stadium where the Titans play. And I mean, just completely, I mean, it's a snowscape in Nashville. They said, uh, I saw a thing that said it might be the biggest snow event in Nashville, Tennessee since 1996. Man. So, uh, it's a long time. That is. Yeah. But that snow has crept into North Alabama. I mean, I've, there's plenty of snow north of here, uh, Decatur, Russellville. Uh, I've seen a lot of those areas in North Alabama that have a beautiful snowscape at the moment. It sounds like down here it's just going to get just stupid, bitterly cold and potentially some ice. But just that's what you need to know. Is that the National Weather Service has extended the winter weather advisory down into the Lee County area uh, in the East Alabama area. So be very mindful when you're out and about late tonight, early to morning. And like I said, if you don't have to get out in it, just don't. I feel bad for those bachelorette trips that are going to Nashville this week. Yeah. Cowboy boots don't do a lot to protect you from the cold. Uh, 334-887-341, locally, one tiger 9 is how you get on the orthopedic clinic phone line. We have a few more minutes before we get to our best and worst of the weekend and start to wrap up the show, so it is time to go back to the phone lines and... Ward Damn Steve. For the second time today, it's retired Ward Damn Steve joining us on the show. Steve, how are you doing? Back. Hey, thank you guys for uh, letting me uh, go real, real quickly. Uh, so you guys are going to be doing your broadcasting remotely from your homes? <laughs> Uh, or I'm just not going to be here tomorrow. <laughs> okay, just call in sick. I yeah. won't tell you one. All right, real quick. The reason I was calling back, guys, uh, Brent, and I uh, think, Tommy, you're making some comments about the rumors and, um, uh, I guess, the speculations about uh, Carnell. In fact, he did not like being called Cadillac. I don't know if you guys knew that. I don't think I, I, don't think I knew that. Yeah, I read that on 247 Sports. He, in an interview, he said he didn't care for that being called that kind of like, anyway, uh, according to Philip Marshall on 247 Sports and uh, also Jason Caldwell, that Philip Marshall's statement was people were upset at the time this was going on at, at night uh, last week and uh, people were blaming Chief Freeze and he adamantly said it repeatedly, quote, he is not to blame, mm-hmm. referring to Hugh Freeze. He said he is not to blame that there was an internal investigation that was involved in what happened. Yeah, and you know we we've heard some of those rumors and stuff, but the you know when it gets to being university 
investigations, internal investigations like that, legally, you know, with us on the radio, especially on the radio, we can't really start to venture into those waters. Yeah, we, because you get legally, we you get to yeah. like liable, <clears throat> as Tom you brought up, you get to liable, you get to to speculation stuff, and and you know you you can't we can't really go down that road to, to talk about what could what what why there was potentially any sort of investigations. Right. All, all we can basically say is there's rumors out there. Yeah. But right now, there's been nothing proven or anything. It's just all talk. But legally, we can't discuss anything that we yep. have heard or anything details. regarding that. any details. You know, we can't discuss any of that. And so we stay away from it. And we just say, hey, there's rumors out I'm gonna there. I'm going to say, you read the rumors. We can't discuss them. Right. We so read the rumors. You read the rumors. And that's really about where it has to stop. Yep. Well, I commend you guys. Uh, was what I call journalistic uh, uh, you know, duty. And again, Philip Marshall even said uh, on his post, says, I don't have the details, but he is firm and convinced from his sources that Hugh Freeze, he said, is not to blame for this. Sure. No. So there you have it, guys. So that's all I got to say. Thankfully, I'll take get my phone call. And uh, guys, uh, stay warm. Absolutely, we'll yep. do our best. Right. Well, it's going it's going to be getting cold down there in your neck of the woods too, there, Steve. Yeah, we're going to get some uh, some uh, icy rain and maybe some sleet. Yeah, but uh, that's probably it. I think the uh, school. Yeah, my my daughter's a teacher. Uh, schools are closed uh, tomorrow. I'm not sure about Wednesday. I got gotcha. Well, and it, it's gonna, it's going to warm up very briefly, and then for the weekend, it's going to get cold down in there again. Because I was looking at the forecast when I'm going to be in Mobile this weekend for a Mardi Gras ball, and it's supposed to be down into the low twenties. Even all the way down in Mobile over the weekend. Yeah, well, it's like, well, goodness. Well, come on down. Enjoy yourself tomorrow, Grandpa. <laughs> Which one are you going to? Uh, La Luna Cervantes Ball at the uh, Mobile Civic Center. Okay. Well, you'll enjoy it. You know, you'll have fun watching uh, the people who are really, really, really uh, drunk from the floats uh, come in <laughs> and uh, uh, see if they can stand up for a few seconds. Well, that's right. Uh, all right. Hey, guys, uh, we will know something or something will be announced probably by late tomorrow afternoon about the Nashville game. Uh, that I mean, I, that's what we would assume because of uh, Auburn's travel plans. But I, you know, I, I wouldn't be able to know for sure. Okay, thank you again for taking the phone call, guys. Have a good evening. Absolutely, you, you too, Steve. That was Trevor Warden Steve calling us back on the Orthopedic Clinic <clears throat> phone line. Let's, yeah, quick, quick little, uh, a quick little blurb. Yeah, well, it just that that phone call was quick little media rights yeah. lesson, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, we, uh, you know, legally, legally, we we can only talk about so much when it comes to that that, kind of thing. When it comes to university investigations, when it you read the rumors out there on the message boards, we read the rumors as well. We hear the rumors. That's as far as we can really go with it. I'll tell you this, even on the message boards, um, at least the one that I follow very much, they have if people have been getting on there and actually trying to say specifics Mm -hmm. in message boards, they're getting shut down shut down wiped off like yeah and and the moderators are like you can't do that sure <laughs> it's like yeah no 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 there's you, there's you lost lawsuits that. at risk if we start doing that yeah. if anybody starts doing that media law is a great course at auburn university you should take it sometime <laughs> <laughs> i did uh 334-887-341 locally toll free one triple eight nine tiger nine we had our next break of the show when we come back best and worst of the weekend right after this
Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. If you are currently driving in a four-door sedan, roll up the windows and turn up the radio. We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Chevron cares for your car no matter your driving needs. Remember to fuel up with quality Chevron gasoline with Tecron when driving to and from the big game or just around town. Chevron with Tecron delivers unbeatable cleaning power and unbeatable gas mileage. That's two unbeatables in one smart decision. And if you're missing a few items for your next meal or need a snack, stop by TK Chevron at West Pace today. They now have a grocery section with milk, cheese, breakfast biscuits, and more. When it comes to great coffee in Auburn, make sure you don't go against the family. Coffee Mafia is serving up Italian-inspired espresso right here in Auburn. From espresso drinks to cold brew and even tasty baked goods and sandwiches, Coffee Mafia has an offer that you just can't refuse. Open seven days a week from 7 a.m. until 5 p.m., Coffee Mafia is the perfect place for your morning start and afternoon pick-me-up or a cozy spot to meet up. Order delivery online at auburncoffeemafia.com or stop by 414 South Gay Street in Auburn. Coffee Mafia where good coffee is easy to come by. Tiger Iron Gym has purchased all the equipment from SWAT Gym. Tiger Iron has expanded Expanded. with more state-of-the-art equipment. Expanded. Say it again for the people in the back. Tiger Iron Gym has expanded. Pro, amateur, or just getting into fitness, come train with the best. Tiger Iron Gym, South College Street, Auburn. Hi, welcome to Lifesavers Mission Thrift. Ah! Greetings, human. We are from the planet Mars. Word. Wow, but what are you doing here? We've observed that you wish to land on our planet. Yes, and so we must be prepared with new clothes and furniture. And we don't have much money. Yeah, we're students. Well, you've come to the right place. Mission Thrift has all kinds of clothes, furniture, gifts, all at the lowest prices you'll find. Excellent. And the best part is, all proceeds go toward helping underprivileged children of our community. Terrific. We will begin purchasing immediately. See, up. Begin rummaging through those polyester pants. Lifesavers Mission Thrift Store on East University Drive in Auburn behind Zaxby's. Changing seasons? Time to start thinking about your heating systems. Gas furnace owners, heat exchanger and elements should be checked regularly for your family's safety. Have a heat pump? Ensure your unit is running properly so you don't have to rely on expensive heat strips to warm your home. Need a new system? Call Steve to help you find the perfect system for your needs. Serving the heating and cooling needs of Lee County and surrounding areas. May Refrigeration makes sure your unit is ready for winter. Call 745-COLD so you don't have to be. May Refrigeration, your local service company since 1968. Let's get back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Feel free to give us a call at 334-887-3401 or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Welcome back. Sports Call on a Monday. I'm Brooks Childress filling in for Ryan LaVoy, Brant Daughtry, Tom Peavy joining me today. Full show tomorrow. I'll be here, maybe. Yes, yeah, I'll be here. Remains to be seen if Ryan will be back. Tom will be here, though. I will be here I tomorrow. Brant, you're going to be on tomorrow, correct? I will indeed be here. So all three of us will be on. The only difference is maybe Ryan will be joining us. And will it be a happy Ryan or a... That's a great question. We'll We'll see. We will have to find out in just like, what, two hours from now is when it gets started? 
down in Tampa between the Eagles and the the Buccaneers. It is a happy Bills fans right now if you're out there listening. Twenty one to well, ten. Pittsburgh still trying. Wasn't it twenty one to nothing? It was twenty one to nothing. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. They're trying to claw their way back into this on the the frozen. It's not the Ice. tundra. Well, it's not the frozen tundra. That's Green Bay. What would yeah. we call this? This uh, is the, f- the lake. Canada. Uh, <laughs> Canada. Yeah. Canada. Basically Canada. Diet Canada. Diet Canada. Uh, Niagara Falls. The Frozen Falls. <laughs> the Frey, Could uh, be Frozen Falls. Mm, that's close enough. Uh, Monday edition of Sports Call rolls on as uh, we've enjoyed talking to all of you fine folks out there on the Sports Call Orthopedic Clinic phone line. I want to thank you for calling in. Uh, we always appreciate your calls. As we roll through today's show, as we get closer to the end, it is time for something we do every single Monday. It's time for Best and Worst of the Weekend. Now, time for the best. Woohoo! And worst. No! 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 Of the weekend. Best and worst of the weekend. Uh, Tom, you started last week. Brant. Best or worst of the weekend? Where would you like Fine. to go first? Uh, we'll start with best. Uh, I mentioned it earlier in the show. As great as a weekend it was for Auburn Athletics, um, one thing that we did not talk about very much on the show, uh, I mentioned it at the very top, Albie the Tiger winning his 11th national championship. Um, he's the best. He's the best to ever do it. And he's the best of the weekend. Best. He's, the be- he's my best of the weekend. Albie the Tiger also... I, one of my classmates is Aubie's photographer and does a lot of stuff with uh, with the Aubie crew. So uh, she's down in Orlando, or she has been down in Orlando, uh, working, uh, celebrating that win, and, mm. and and you know setting up everything. And uh, big congratulations to Elena and uh, the rest of the Aubie gang. Yeah, eleven national championships, eleven national titles for Aubie the Tiger. He's the best to ever do it. And you know what? None of those are made up either. No, no, none. No, all of those awarded. There's a trophy for those. Yeah, none of those are made up. A Tom. trophy where they uh, you you play you uh, competed against everybody else in the country. Tom, best of the weekend. Uh, anytime you can get the double whammy over LSU, that's a good weekend. Auburn men win. Auburn women with a massive upset over the defending champions. Uh, I love it. Uh, Obviously, Alabama is the main rival. Georgia's a, another secondary. I want to say secondary rivals. The South in football, the South's oldest rivalry. But everybody knows about the Iron Bowl or the Alabama. Out, goodness gracious, I can't talk right now. <laughs> everybody knows the Auburn Alabama rivalry the and the Georgia Auburn rivalry. The Auburn LSU rivalry is also a very real thing. So, anytime you can get the double, uh, the the double victory, and especially in the same weekend. Over the Bayou Bengals, mm-hmm. that makes for a good weekend. I, you know, I, I'm I hate to be unoriginal, but I spent basically Friday through yesterday inside of Neville Arena. That's fair. Uh, with the start of gymnastics home season last uh, on Friday night, um, uh, I've told I think I've said this on air before, but me and my wife that is the only sport that we hold season tickets to is gymnastics. Mainly, it's the only thing that I can consistently get her to go with me to, uh, and so. We always enjoy gymnastics coming back, uh, especially uh, the, the home portion. We did watch the Las Vegas one last weekend, but uh, or two weekends ago now, uh, on TV or on the online stream. But always enjoy the home meets. Uh, great environment on Friday night, sold-out environment. Uh, then being in there uh, in a professional capacity on Saturday for a sold-out Neville Arena. And then the uh, being, going back on Sunday for the largest crowd to see a women's basketball game in that arena 
in the in the history of that arena, which is now over ten years. It, it's been over ten years since the thing has been built, uh, and so it's uh, it was a great weekend inside of Neville Arena. I know gymnastics uh, didn't get ultimately get the win. The best thing about gymnastics, though is you could go quite literally and not finish first in any meet throughout the regular season and still be a top five team because of your scores. Because of your scores yeah. yeah. You don't, you know, you can, you want to win the meet, you want to, you know, defeat the other team, but the ultimate goal is to get the scores up and Auburn, I had a chance to be 197 plus last week at the in Vegas with some very tough competition. They did clear that hurdle this past week, and then uh, so that's uh, it, it's great to to have that uh, that sport back uh, this time of year. But my weekend in Neville Arena was my best of the weekend. Brant, unfortunately, we have to go to a worst. All right, my worst. So I, I touched on it earlier. My parents came to visit me this weekend. That was wonderful. My parents are not my worst. Sure. Um, one of the reasons they were coming down is that, you know, I live in a house. I want to resell it at some point mm-hmm. um, and, and move into a bigger place. Uh, so we came in and we, we started working on some repairs and, you know, got a lot of stuff done. Did some really solid work. You got a lot of stuff fixed. Uh, while in the process of fixing some things, Uh-oh. we found other things. That's, oh, that's no. so, Isn't so, that always the case? Yeah. So while while we were trying to fix, uh, you know, like a, a busted light, which is you know just a small example, certainly not the worst thing sure. that I had, but you know it, that was one thing that we did is we were replacing some light bulbs. Uh, we also found some other like major issues, like with not major, but. Just plumbing issues, just annoyances, other we things. You know, it, when I, I thought we were going to be done after Saturday, sure. and um, we were replacing a light bulb, and we, it turns we, out the entire electrical grid of the the house needs to be replaced. Right, right, and it's not it's not quite that big, but sure. that's kind of the the thing with yeah. it is like, oh, we replaced, we fixed this leak. Oh, here's this other leak, and you know, it's been like that for a couple of weeks now, where you know I've been slowly fixing things, kind of one thing at a time, and and you know, it, it just. Just thought we were going to be done, and uh, we're not done. And I've got other stuff that I have to do, and that's just a little bit frustrating. But going to make it through. I'm an adult. Yep. I can handle it. So, Tom? That's my worst. Uh, my, wor- <coughs> my worst of the weekend, uh, definitely not a personal worst because I could really care less, but uh, Dak Prescott, Ooh. he was awful. The Cowboys, the, the Cowboys, the Cowboys, the Cowboys <coughs> were really bad, but Dak was kind of a microcosm of how bad the Cowboys yeah. were. Um, Very indicative. I'm no Dallas Cowboys fan. I'm no Dak Prescott fan, but still, if you watch that game, yeah, yeah the Cowboys, ju- that just, that was a butt kicking of epic proportions on their own home field that I didn't see. But, but Dak was really bad. He had that pick six that put the Packers up, what, 28 to nothing? I think so. I think it was. Yeah. Um, after the game, he even said, quote, I sucked. Uh, I mean, he was bad, yeah. tear bad, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I would not want to be a Cowboys fan. If, if folks listen to the Friday show, we went over the. We'll talk more NFL probably tomorrow as the week goes on too, as the the, the playoffs get get sorted out here tonight. Um, I we we talked about a game we were ner- most nervous about. Mine was the Cowboys because I'm like it's right. just the Cowboys in the playoffs, man. It's just I know the the Packers were not the you know they they came in as the seven seed and whatever, but it that just made me super nervous because it's the Cowboys in the playoffs and that's just not a good recipe to to look at. Um, so my worst of the weekend is uh, my my lovely wife has been sick all weekend. Uh, she got a Thursday night tested positive for the Rona. 
Yeah. Um, and so she's been dealing with that all weekend. I have kept my distance. I am still great. Uh, no, no side effects. Not as of right now. You heard me knock on wood. <laughs> um, but I've uh, I've been in the guest bedroom the entire week uh, or the entire weekend. Uh, I've been you know, just it's been a it, it's been clean central. We've been washing hands, making sure that social distanced away from her uh, so that I can try to stay well. Uh, but she that that's not that was not fun to deal with all weekend long. So that is that is my worst of the weekend is that she was sick and which uh, which really just uh, ruined a lot of plans uh, this weekend, too. Uh, so as we wrap things up here, that was our best and worst of the weekend for this Monday edition of Sports Call. It's time to wrap things up as we do each and every day with the Nightly TV Guide. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide. Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide brought to our friends over at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Make sure you stop by any one of your local 17 TK's convenience stores and pick up White Claw today, especially ahead of some of the football action tonight. You can get a little libations to watch the football with. If you're going to be snowed in over the week, yeah, listen, might as well. If you see a flake like I am, you might as well have something to drink while you're there. It'll keep you warm. Yeah, yeah, it will. You, you went out and bought all your bread and milk, didn't you? Uh, well, if you, can't find it, <laughs> if you can't find any at Kroger or any Oreos at Kroger, that's why I, was, that I went yesterday. Uh, movie picks for you this evening. We had a lot for you. It's starting at 6 o'clock on AMC. It's the original Men in Black. Also at 6 o'clock on Nickelodeon, it is your family movie pick of the evening. Cloudy with a chance of meatballs. I still have never seen that. I've never seen that. It's no. it's fine. It's it's definitely a... I know it's like a, a good kids movie. Like yeah. People people that were at the right age really love that movie. Yeah. Uh, that's why it's the family movie pick of the evening. Um, <clears throat> 610 on HBO SG. It is The Devil Wears Prada starring Meryl Streep. And my favorite movie pick of the evening at 7 o'clock on Paramount tonight, it's Raiders of the Lost Ark. The oh, banger. Indiana Jones movie. Incredible and stuff. I love Indiana Jones, one of my favorite movie franchises. The, the original three Indiana Joneses are just peak. Absolutely. Yeah. I have not seen classic. the newest one. I uh, did not love Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Well, I, I, yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the first three, just incredible stuff. Sports picks for you tonight. Only two sports picks for you because it's a little light. Six o'clock on ESPNU. You got some ACC action as Notre Dame visits Boston College. And then, of course, we've talked about it all night or all afternoon because that's where Ryan Lavoy is in Tampa, Florida. It is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFL Wild Card matchup tonight on ESPN. And that is at 7.15 and also wraps up our nightly TV guide brought to our friends at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Guys, Tom, thank you for being here today. Absolutely enjoyed it. We'll see you tomorrow. I'll be here. Brant, thank you for being here today. We will, unlike most weeks, we will see you tomorrow. You will. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you to everybody that tuned in and called in. I will also be back tomorrow. Ryan Lavoy is a TBD at this point. Otherwise, you'll have all three of us back on the show tomorrow. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the football tonight. We will talk to you again at 3 o'clock tomorrow.